BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And as always, frothing to bring you guys this one with our boy, our very own, Aussie's very own Jed Beaton. Uh, Jed has been now a staple on the MXGP circuit. Um, I guess that's kind of one of the toughest things to do in a series like the MXGP is just kind of become like a staple rider. Um, Jed rode for the Rockstar Husky factory team um, for the last couple of years over there. He's aged out of the MX2 class uh, and now he's in the uh, MX1 or MXGP class. Uh, at round one, he put in an incredible ride, um, kind of, I guess, uh, better than most people's expectations maybe uh, for this early into the season. It's just the most insanely stacked class over there. Um and he kind of proved straight away that he belongs. Uh, and then he has suffered a bit of a shoulder injury that's like really hurt his progress. So um, this is a super cool podcast, man. Like uh, Jed's definitely super, super honest about, I guess, mentally how hard it is um, to go through times like this. Um, and then it sort of becomes obvious in times like this that you miss your family so much. You miss home, you miss friends, you kind of... Um, ride this wave of emotion uh with kind of like everything going on around you as a result of getting an injury like this so yeah it was really cool um I really appreciate Jed's honesty in this one too you know just to like say it how it is um he's definitely I think building uh a massive personality in the GP scene uh and you know this that's kind of those guys aren't really known for that um so yeah mad love to Jed this is a really great episode of the podcast, um, and I hope you guys all really enjoy it. We are brought to you today by the legends at Manscaped. And fellas, have you started a spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping when you use the code GYPSYGANG. 
Uh, Manscaped has a full package that you need for spring cleaning this year. Their performance package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. Um, you can use the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Uh, that's the most precise shave that you can get on your hedges. Uh, it's also waterproof as well, so you can do it in the shower and you don't have to worry about a mess. Uh, these guys also have, uh, just to introduce, um, some hair care, skin care, deodorant, the whole deal. Uh, so Manscaped really is your one-stop shop when it comes to, uh, to male grooming. Uh, and look, we all need it, especially dirt bike riders, you know, we're a stinky, stinky mob. So, um, that's it. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. I'll say it again because the deal is that good. 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsygang at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Trust me. Trust me. Girls, they actually care about this stuff. So... Take my word for it, boys. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au for Australia's largest range of dirt bikes, parts, and accessories. Fink is coming up like real quick, and so is Manji. Um, we got some new bike stuff that will be, I guess, we got content. We got content that we got to be dropping around all this. Um, me and Sammy will both be riding some uh, some pretty cool bikes for for these races uh and mx store is a massive part in getting our bikes ready not only for these big races that we do but just for everyday riding um you know gear shifters brake levers clutch levers all that stuff that you just break on a normal day of riding mx store has you covered um if you order before 2 p.m uh on a weekday you get same day shipping that's pretty much just as good as living in burley and being able to visit their uh their burley heads showroom so mxstore.com.au we're also brought to you by the crew at fist handwear you can head to fisthandwear.com code gypsy gang is also going to get you 15 percent off uh and also we're brought to you as always by the guys at rival inc design co uh, it'll be weird seeing, I think I'm 588 for Fink and Sam's 688. I don't know how we jag that. Um, but yeah, those of you will know that Sammy's number is 88. So I'll be, uh, I'll be repping Sammy. Uh, of course, those numbers and graphics will be getting done through the legends at Rival Inc. Design Co. They'll be printing all our jerseys. They'll be taking care of all of the aesthetic uh, of this Fink and Manjimup trip. They can take care of your aesthetic too if you go to rivalinkdesignco.com. Uh, and lastly, but not leastly, we are brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com.au. They are the leaders in bike care products. Uh, they've got everything for either your mountain bike or your motocross bike. Uh, we're actually going to be giving away a bunch of the bike care buckets that we talk about uh, on here as well. So, uh, if you're in desperate need of uh, cleaning your bike in a really legitimate way, uh, head to Crush Oz's website. You can also follow them on Instagram uh, as well and keep your eyes peeled uh, for some giveaways with the legends at Crush. I'm at a gypsy. Let's go. All right. Wait, what's our group chat? Chapter 205. 
I think we're at chapter yeah, 112. I was looking at that started laughing like that was the plan for 205 and then uh, I seen the the releases on the other ones I was like oh, yeah we're a bit behind ah look mate all good things take time eh exactly exactly right uh what were you talking about before some COVID shit eh um yeah because it yeah anyway like i guess it just completely changed like the in the last last little bit pretty much everywhere is like open now i think wa you still need you still need a vax to get get into wa but i think queensland actually just fully dropped everything like the other day so all the check-ins all the like all rules and all regulations which is pretty pretty crazy i actually didn't see that happening for a little bit longer i thought we were just gonna have to deal with it for probably another 12 months but it just seems like everyone's cracking on, which I'm all yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about that too. Like when we when we left Oz, it started to get a little bit less strict. Uh, it was kind of weird because a lot of people over here were like opening up. So like the UK and stuff like that were pretty much all good. And then when I got hit back here, it was like two weeks or three weeks. Then the Netherlands was uh, no rules, nothing. So um, yeah, I, I honestly didn't think Oz would do that for a while for sure. But uh, it was like a funny story when we were coming back here um, from Oz. Uh, the day we were leaving, my girlfriend actually got COVID. Oh. Um, so she like couldn't fly back. Um, and then I had like a training camp in Sardinia like uh, the week. So I was back for like four days and then had to leave straight to Sardinia. So I was like freaking a little bit there because I thought, oh, fuck, maybe like I'm going to get it because uh, yeah. we got like the airport test. So we're sitting at the airport uh, waiting to go. And then like, <laughs> <nah>. <laughs> we're just sitting there like waiting for ages because it took like three hours before you get the test results. So we're sitting there, sitting there. I got all our, all our shit packed, ready to go. And then uh, <laughs> I got my result and I was like, oh, sweet. I'm negative, like ready to go. And um yeah that earlier that morning she's like oh like i don't know how good i feel i thought don't 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 joke now like it's the day we fucking leave don't start that shit (laughs) and then uh yeah sure enough we get to the airport and she took hers a bit longer to come back and then yeah come back positive and she couldn't fly obviously so she had to get her parents to come back and like pick her up and uh go back home i was like well fuck i've got like a training camp next week i'm gonna have to go so yeah i I got on the plane and come over but i was like yeah surely i've got a um yeah surely i've got it yeah so like i was thinking a bit of bit of stress before i went to um sardinia because here you still had to have a test to go to italy yeah but yeah i got a test here i was still negative so i didn't catch it off her um i went to the went to the training camp and yeah just got shit done but it was a bit unfortunate for her she had to stay home for like another two weeks before she could come over dude yeah i mean i it's crazy the the level of i mean well i guess you've been traveling because of the like the series for the whole you know last two years like they've been trying to kind of make it happen but man i went from just traveling 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 two years in a box and then to go when i went to bali i had to do uh five or no i had to do a week's quarantine in jakarta which actually was real easy. Oh, like it, it went super quick. 
Um, but then, yeah, so I had to do like same deal. You, I did three or four COVID tests in the one day. And then you get to every every fucking airport, they're in hazmat suits and like the whole deal. I'm just like, what is going on? Oh, and then, uh, and then anyway, got in. Oh, but no. it's just like, yeah, the anxiety that you feel around traveling. Like, I've never felt that. I've always just been the most like travel happy person. And now I'm just like, no chance. Yeah. I know. It's quite difficult. Like here, obviously with the vaccine and shit like that, it's made it a whole lot easier here to travel around. Like at the start, um, we had to have um, like COVID test to fly. Uh, when we got to the track, we had to get another COVID test. And then before we left, we also had to get a COVID test um, <laughs> That's like a lot, at the eh? start. So that, that was like when we were allowed to start racing again. I think I got like easily nearly 50 COVID tests that year just going to the races and before the races every time. Um, yeah, until I got, got the vaccine, then um, it made shit a whole lot easier. Like you don't need a test to do anything. Like I'm sure there was people that were sick yeah. flying and shit when they had the vaccine. Like for sure they had COVID, but they were still going. Um which I mean, like, in the end of the day, it doesn't really bother me because, like, say, um, my girlfriend, she also got sick, but I didn't get sick off her, you know? So yeah. I think it's, like, I don't know, some way it's, like, really contagious, but another way it's, like, weird. Um, so, I mean, like, yeah, for me, I, I enjoy that everyone's, like, cracking on with it a little bit now. And, and now at the races and stuff, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to do any tests unless it's, like, one country that has, like, a pretty strict rule. Yeah. Um, but I'm pretty sure, like now well we haven't been to some of them we haven't been back to some countries yet but i mean everyone that we've been to so far is pretty easy with it yeah man there was a period here for new years basically everybody on the gold coast got COVID. Eh? <laughs> it was full on man like yeah i was the same as victoria really yeah, yeah. oh because you would have like, been that's home what i mean that was time. the week before yeah. we yeah, no, I was home. So we flew. I flew home on the fourth or the sixth of January. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, around that area. So we were like, ah, uh, yeah, we'll take it easy. Like, did nothing over New Year's because I was like, yeah, we've got to fly in like four days, five days. So I think it's better off we don't but go the, do yeah. anything or we just stay. Yeah, pretty chilled out. And even the week before it, we we're like, yeah, we shouldn't do too much just to be precautious. You know, like the whole year we didn't care about it at all uh going to the races everything like that didn't catch it nothing and then yeah the one week you are so <laughs> super cautious of it she caught, she caught it and we don't even know how nothing so um yeah it was pretty funny how it like worked out you do so much to like not get it and then you end up <laughs> getting it so i don't know she was she was more devastated about that you know like doing nothing the whole week yeah and then catching it just literally the day we had to fly so yeah it's a bit shit on that behalf but i mean it's crazy how how it works eh? yeah yeah no it's been dude it's just crazy that we because i guess we're well fuck never say never like i was about to say we're on the tail end of it but who knows delta cron fucking xyz yeah. could come out next but yeah it's a crazy thing to live through <laughs> yeah. man <laughs> like the a legitimate yeah. uh like a legitimate global pandemic and if you think about our life there's really been no wars that we've been a part of there's been no like no real crazy shit has gone down it's just was like watching rage on the sunday morning <laughs> racing motocross like you yeah. know everyone's yeah. kind of <laughs> had a pretty cruisy eh? yeah 
I mean, it's it's weird though because it feels like all shit's happening like right now. Like, uh, yeah, like obviously with COVID, everything's going to the tail end of that, and then all the stuff with now like the war with Russia and stuff yeah. is like kicked off. Um, yeah, it's quite crazy for us to be like in the time right now because you like yeah you watch all them war movies and shit from ages ago and like yeah you hear about other pandemics that happened but it's never happened in like yeah. the life of our parents kind of thing it was more our grand uh our parents grandparents and shit like that but yeah it all seems to be happening like now again and it's i don't know it's pretty crazy to when you sit down and think about it like all the shit that's happening like in the world and we're trying to like yeah live through it i mean it's it's a bit strange i think when we're probably like say 30 years down the track we'll look back on it and be like yeah that was some pretty crazy times there <laughs> some weird shit went down <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i mean like it's pretty crazy because like i don't know i feel like that two years it's like um i don't know i think if you're at like a certain age like obviously people think they like lose two years yeah um i've heard like a lot of people say that you know i mean it's like everyone's in like a different boat but like i mean if you just turn like 18 shit like that you don't get to go out and party until you're like yeah, yeah. 20 21 now yeah um so i mean it's like pretty crazy in the, in that aspect but uh i mean you also have to be into that lifestyle to think that you missed out on stuff as well yeah um i mean depends on what you're doing i mean yeah and depends what you're into whether you agree or disagree with that um but i mean like I feel like for us, um, yeah, we're in lockdown and shit for a while, but we kind of made the most of it over here um, of just like chilling out and I don't know, doing as much as we could still uh, like trying to live as good as we can because we're in lockdown here for like six months nearly, I think six or seven months. And um, yeah, I think it was something like that. It was pretty crazy. Like, and there was a point where you weren't really allowed out of the house that much or anything like that. Um, so yeah i mean like it was the same situation for nearly everyone so we'll just like yeah can't really do much about it had like a pretty good mindset about it but i can imagine like i don't know a lot of people say they got like depressed and shit like that over that time i mean it'd be pretty easy to fall into that place if you like were the slightest bit like unhappy or something like that or you felt like you were missing out on something i mean like it's pretty easy to get into that that hole if something was going bad and especially if you can't like leave the house and shit like that you're always stuck uh there or some something like you always looking like oh i want to do this want to do that you can't do it so i can imagine like some people would have struggled with that pretty hard but um yeah i mean that's quite quite a difficult subject i think to talk on about like covid and all that sort of stuff and like kind of what's happening in the world right now is like i think after it we're gonna be like i mean go back to our original ways or i mean like even i feel like a lot of people would learn a heap of shit over this time about like probably enjoying life for what it is instead of being like yeah taking shit for granted kind of thing i mean even the simple fact of like travel and stuff like that you feel like how how easy that was at the start if it ever gets back to that point that you'll be like fuck it's so easy to travel again and be like stoked to go travel Mm. um where at the moment you're like fuck it's such an effort to go somewhere and travel or do something um obviously for us with racing and stuff it's it's different because we have to travel um but there's so much shit to organize now to go travel and stuff like that that needs to be met and have requirements shit like that if it ever goes back to normal you're just like oh man it's so easy to go racing and stuff like that so easy to travel now 
uh, obviously even going home and stuff like that, you have to organize so much shit to go home. Yeah. Um, and lucky enough when I did go home, they didn't have that two, two week quarantine. Yeah. You could like quarantine at home for like three days or something like that. Yeah. Then get a negative test and you could be sweet. So, um, I mean, I think it will change also the aspect of, of some people's outlook on like what we're actually doing, you know, like just fucking live it up and yeah. enjoy what you're doing. Like, cause obviously you never know what's around the corner. Do you like this shit? If it locks the whole whole world down pretty much for a couple couple months nearly a year and then it drags on for like two years so i mean like yeah you just gotta live it up do do what you can do well the the crazy thing as well for me was especially going to bali from here you just see a country that is so reliant on tourism and man it was just mm. ghost yeah. town like completely empty there was parts mm. where the part where we stayed was um kuda which is like the main tourist kind of area um and man just dead yeah. and that like so many people on the streets and it's kind of a a sort of a reality check of how connected the world is because you feel so yeah you yeah. feel so individual like it's funny i was reading a i was reading a book mm. um where they sort of talked about like modern society is basically becoming so individual. Like you go back pre pre history, you had to have a tribe. You had to have a group. Everyone had to have jobs. One person yeah. made, and then you get into like the middle ages and you got like one person makes the shoes. One person makes the, like, then you got to trade together and you've got to like, you still need a community. Yeah. So you'd like, you need people. So you never don't, or you kind of never lose that sense of community. Whereas you fast forward to 2022, yeah. you can be locked down in an apartment. It can be just you and your chick in an mm. apartment. You can still get shoes. You can still get food. You can still get, you don't need anyone. All you need is a phone and apps on that phone and you can just like live your life. Yeah. So when you think Internet. about how like uh, insulated the world's become, then something like this mm -hmm. happens and you actually see the real world effects of like people not being able to travel, people not being able to do certain things. It's like, it actually is a reality check that like, even though, yeah, you, you can kind of do whatever you want from your phone. You don't really need other people. It's like the world still needs people to like be together, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, I don't know. I feel like it'd be pretty sad to, to go there and see that, you know, um, I mean, because we're, we're actually like privileged to be able to go and do that. Um, where like them guys, like you say, they rely on tourism and stuff like that, but we go there by choice. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it, I, I feel like that's pretty sad for them guys to have to rely on it. Yeah. I mean, and then we go there by choice and, and we see it firsthand that how much they actually struggle there um, without tourism. I feel like that'd be like pretty uh, pretty heavy to see. I mean, for me anyway, I feel like you'd walk down the street and be like, man, this is yeah, it was this is pretty crazy. On. Like I I probably choose to fly here and, and take like a, a holiday and and have a bit of fun. And these guys, they're struggling to, uh, to, to live um i mean it's crazy how much of an effect like that can have on like um just the world and the world economy i guess it's a pretty 
I don't know, like crazy aspect of being, if you were prepared for something like this, so like the big businesses and stuff, they get richer and as yeah. the poor get poorer kind of thing, you know what I mean? Like, because the big companies and stuff, they kind of set themselves up for if something like this was to happen. Uh, so they're already like a little bit prepared for it. I mean, where they can't really, uh, they can't really set up for something like that because obviously they rely on us to go there by choice to spend our money there. So it's like you can't really justify the and set up uh, if something like this was to happen for them, you know, where like other countries have got like the the upper hand to be able to do that or, or stuff like that. So, I mean, like in a, in a way from like an outsider looking in, it's pretty crazy to see, like you say, how connected the world is, but for that to happen for like one, yeah. not just one country, I could imagine it would be like a lot of countries around the world, but the bigger ones can just keep getting by. Yeah. Um, it's pretty crazy to feel that little, like see that from the outside in because like, I feel like there's so much, it goes back to like how people just look for themselves kind of thing. I'd say yeah, like yeah. look out for themselves now instead of like as a community. Cause I mean, a lot of other countries could probably help out, but in the end of the day, they probably see not much benefit for themselves, so they don't do it. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty crazy how um, I feel like, yeah, the uh, I would say, I don't know, what would you call that? Like arrogance of people have these days that just look out for themselves compared to also looking out for other people and other things that shows that we're getting like, more and more about ourselves yeah which in the end i mean it's it's probably a bad thing in the long run for mankind i guess it's uh if you're getting more and more selfish as the generations go on it's probably not a good thing i mean something i mean needs to change but i mean like we can probably talk about this all day you know (laughs) but whatever we say that doesn't mean shit you know we're gonna just get laughed at and whatever or someone will agree but nothing's gonna change i mean it's a hard simple fact that it's like crazy life that we live in right now but yeah i mean it can even get crazier or it can get better but we never know that what's gonna happen how's the how's the vibe in europe with like the war side of things yeah i mean it was um it was pretty crazy at the start there because like i mean they're not crazy i mean like here there hasn't been so much going on or anything like that but when it first started everyone was like a little bit of shock because it happened like real quick you know yeah um there was just like one day there was like news i think it took four days for it to all happen like there was news oh russia's planning to attack uh ukraine stuff like that and then all of a sudden it happened like everyone was like holy shit he wasn't joking around with that you know yeah. like he was full serious and then uh <laughs> um it got like i mean i don't know everyone was thinking like oh what can happen from this and like it can get pretty bad and stuff like that but to be honest i don't know so much about like uh, the european side of like what people would like fight for yeah um, yeah I'm not that into into like the what do you call that like the politics and stuff like that over here. Yeah. I mean, I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just here to like race bikes <laughs> yeah. and have a keep good your time, nose clean, live it up, you know. <laughs> like I yeah, just fucking live it up as much as I can and see what's see what's happening. But yeah, when shit like this is happening around, I mean, 
yeah, I'm closer than what you think. We also had like a race planned in Russia this year yeah. and stuff like that. Um, which is like pretty crazy when it all started happening, that got canceled pretty quick, but, um, where we're actually meant to race there, I think they were looking on the map. It's not that far away from where it's all happening. Mm. So, um, yeah, everyone was a bit like, oh, I think that needs to come off the calendar. And <laughs> yeah, they took it off pretty quick, but I mean, it's, yeah, it's crazy what's happening. Like how, how that can affect like everything you see, like the prices and shit like that in yeah. Australia, America here for the fuel and stuff like that go through the roof. Um, so it's crazy how much even stuff like that can affect the economy and, and everything like that it's crazy have you done the race in russia yeah i raced there like i think three times now actually so what, what's that like yeah, it's um um i mean it's pretty crazy like because you fly into like a pretty small airport you go i think you do the stopover in moscow and then fly from there to a smaller airport so you don't really see so much of the the big cities um i mean if you had the time and wanted to you could probably check it out but we don't really have the time or like we always like go there race want to go home always tired after the race and shit so um when we go there we only see like pretty much like the small villages and stuff like that i think it's like a two and a half hour drive from the airport where you fly in to to the track damn that's out like, there eh when you look outside yeah yeah it's and like when you're looking outside and stuff like they're crazy drivers on the road and shit over there and like i mean it's pretty like a poor place where we race i'd say but like there must be some sort of some sort of money coming from that area or something like that to be able to take the gp there but i mean it's um it's definitely an eye opener when you go there to some of the some of the countries you think oh like this is going to be pretty cool or amazing place but then you you see it and you're like holy shit like this is actually pretty sketchy um the <laughs> obviously um places like that like they ha- all have like a good motel and stuff like that for people to stay in obviously if they go on holiday and stuff there but like the first year I went there I was with like a the car glass honda and we was like the first year racing there uh in europe and they did the european championship there so we flew there but like obviously they they didn't have like a massive budget so um me and walsh we got like a a pretty cheap motel and it was like just i don't know say like one kilometer from the track there and you can like literally walk there um and yeah it was actually crazy like the room we walked in and we're like fuck it are we serious here or what like what's actually happening and we had like two small single beds like tiny room and like pretty much a sheet for like a doona it's like quite warm there and shit anyway so we're like oh that's not too bad but like (laughs) we're like oh what the hell is happening here there's like some some crazy shit like the roads and stuff like that on the back roads are like yeah gravel stuff like that so like i mean it looks a little bit like poverty i'd say yeah and then you go like 20 kilometers down the road you have like a five-star luxury hotel that like um that most of the teams and stuff stay in you know um so it's pretty crazy to see the difference of like Only yeah a you couple can go K's. like 20 kilometers and then you go to the track yeah and 
and it's full on like five star full nice restaurants and then you go like the kilometer away from the track you can hardly find a restaurant to eat because you go there and you're like is this okay to eat or am I going to be crooked with food poisoning before the race like I remember Walsh and I we went to this restaurant and we <laughs> ate uh well we we only ate um wedges potato wedges <laughs> because like this restaurant had like nothing and we got like google translate out on the phone and we're like fuck i think that's the only thing we're not going to get sick off here so we're just going to stick to it <laughs> so we pretty much lived off potato wedges there the first uh first trip over yeah dude i can't yeah but it's like yeah like i said it's crazy to see that shit um but what are the are are the fans cool though like because i guess that's always the that's always the thing is like that that's kind of like the universal part so it's like you go to you're traveling all over the world and you're seeing all these cultures and there's like poverty and then there's riches and then like you go to the Czech Republic and it's like the hottest girls you've ever seen. Like there's so much diversity, but then it's like the fans, uh, it's like the set just cheering for motocross is like pretty universal. Yeah. I mean, like it's crazy to see the, the difference in like people and I mean, they're still into obviously motocross, but I feel like, uh, they don't really have like, uh, most of them have an interest in going to the event, I think, because like, say, if you go to the Czech Republic, there's not really that many Czech Republic riders. Yeah. So they're not like cheering for that one rider. They're there for the motocross and it still gets pretty packed there. And, and you get like other people from like Belgium, Germany that drive to that race cause they like the area and stuff too. And they still watch from there. So like, um, it's pretty crazy the fan aspect here it's like always different obviously no one's going to go to russia so it's all russian people yeah um but i mean it's hard to like connect say like with the fans and stuff there because like they only speak russian yeah most of them they don't really know english so like i feel like to build a fan base or something like that there you would need to speak russian yeah or like be yeah from russia and obviously there's not that many russian riders and stuff like obviously Bobashev was in there and then they have Brilyakov, but there's not so many Russian riders. And when they go there, they're like the king in Russia. You know what I mean? Really? So it doesn't matter if they finish yeah, at the back of the pack, they still get cheered on. They're, they're like the kings there. So, I mean, it's crazy to see that side of things. Like they obviously don't care what you finish or anything. Like you're just the golden yeah. prize there. Yeah. You know, they love it. But yeah it's crazy for me to like see that too because we obviously never have a gp in australia or anything so you you would never get that like feeling of being like fuck these guys are all about me you know like yeah they love don't care if i get 15th don't care if i get 20th or if i win they're still pumped up and in the end of the day i i honestly think if we had a gp in australia no one would be like that um (laughs) because you know in a way we're different you know like we we want to see say the people that we're cheering for do good and if they don't we're like oh they're shit you know yeah, like, fuck fuck you. <laughs> but in the other hand yeah yeah they, they we've got like a different aspect on it where we're like pretty easy going people but like yeah i feel like say um it's different for like f1 or moto gp because you have like the one rider from like one country kind of thing that you yeah that they like stick behind always 
Um, but here you have like a couple riders from a couple different countries and stuff like that. So like, you never know like the feeling of what like people would be like pumped or not pumped. Mm. Like you still have the whole, you have a couple of people that are like diehard would like, don't care what you come, whatever. But most people are like, yeah, he's going fucking good now. I'm pumped. I'm on the train. And he <laughs> yeah. sucks. Oh, so fuck that guy. You know, like, uh, I'll be back when he's, when he's getting good results again to cheer him on. But in the meantime, I don't really give a fuck. You know what I mean? It's sort <laughs> yeah. of like the Australian way of like thinking about it. I mean, yeah, I think anyway, like from what I see um, from like the the perspective of like even like the Lawrence boys, they fucking killing it. Everyone's like on board. But it's cool that they've also now got like a American fan base as well. Yeah. Because I yeah. mean... I feel like some of the Americans also, they don't care what you come. If you're a good dude, they'll cheer you on no matter what. And um, they go for more of like the personality side of things um, where it's like in GPs and stuff, it's hard to build like a, like a personality side of things because you're not like in stadiums and stuff like that to yeah. be able to be like, yeah, super close and everything with the fans and like, like have the literally I mean, a spotlight. It's got on like you. a different, yeah, yeah, and also like, yeah, that's not like you finish a race, go on the podium, and talk to like hundred hundred thousand, eighty thousand fans. Uh, here, there's probably like yeah, ten, fifteen thousand people max at like a huge race, and like you don't get the chance to speak with them or do anything yeah. like say you win the race you don't get you only get an interview for the tv you don't get an interview in front yeah. of all the fans and it's like but it makes sense though because say if uh Geiser was to go up there in front of a french crowd of yeah, yeah thirty thousand people yeah. and speak english 80 percent of them don't understand him anyway so unless he speaks french to them or you go to a different country and you get on the russian microphone and start speaking English, they also 90% don't understand. So, I mean, it's way more difficult here, but like, I feel like that's why um, a lot of people here are starting to like go to social media and yep. YouTube and try and make films to show their uh, personality a little bit more because I feel like here you don't get to show it as much as what you do when you race like in America. Yeah. Um, just on the fact that like no one understands it fully and like i mean you can target the people here that do understand it by going through social media and youtube and shit like that because they they're interested in you for like your personality so they'll always watch it if you know what i mean where yeah. if you go to a race they don't really care about your personality unless they've seen that video or something that interests them then they're like oh that's cool then they'll always come back but until they see that, I don't think that'll be like a, a thing here for like a while, which in my opinion, I think that's what the, say, social media, YouTube, all that sort of shit will start getting bigger here soon because of that reason, I think. Yeah. Where like, like I said before, in America, you'd it, it'd be also, it would work there too, but they don't need to do it. Uh, yeah. Because... Yeah. they have like the fan base they have the understanding of everyone they get to see like 
80,000 people or whatever. I don't know how actually the numbers they get there, but they get to see a lot of people in every city that they go to. Yeah. So and it's, it's like every single year in the spreading same across. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's, it's spreading to the people in that area and you go outdoors, they go a different area, they go across the country, but we go here 200 kilometers. We're in a complete different country that speaks complete different language. Mm. So it's like, how, how do you connect with people like that? Or like also in the fact that like, say some people in Australia, they want to follow it a little bit more, but it's at a shit time at night. So they don't want to get up and watch the race live, but they kind of want to see what's going on and what's happening over there. I feel like that'd be another good way to connect with the Australian audience kind of thing is to like have something like that set up. Like I'm kind of working on it a little bit now or trying to plan out how I could make it work a little bit because at the same time, I'm obviously a racer. I want to race and focus on that. I don't want to focus on making like a YouTube video or something like that. So I need to figure out a way that I can get someone to do that, but also still focus on racing because that's the last thing I want to do or want to think about. But I mean, the personality that I have is like pretty easy going and shit like that. So I think like people would enjoy to watch it because I don't have to like try hard. Yeah. yeah you're not hamming it up. Good English. You know what I mean? It's like I can be normal. And if there's someone there filming it, people still find that shit funny or like find it interesting um, where I don't have to like, yeah, act because there's a camera there or something like that just to please people or something like i'd rather just do it naturally and film funny shit like behind the scenes that goes on anyway rather than like have a full uh writing only series or like a like a full-on vlog or something like that i'm not really into it i'm more like just easy going want it to happen as it goes happen naturally not make shit happen like say shit that people don't want to hear and and just stuff like that be real proper i want it to be like a real natural thing that's funny that people could like um get into uh and like like to follow along instead of being like oh it's so set out and planned and yeah it's all for like the the sponsors or it's all for this no i'm fuck that i want it to be like something that's cool that people were like ah oh, that's funny shit or like he's doing it in a cool way or doing it because he wants to do it uh, not just for like literally the exposure or something that you get. It's just more like, yeah, like I say, it's hard to plan it because I want to do it that way, but other people don't want it that way and shit like that. Yeah. So it's like really hard to plan it. So, I mean, um, yeah, I'm just kind of in the phase of like trying to get a way for it to work without upsetting people or doing shit like that too you know like i want it to work good and yeah i've got like a guy i don't know if you've seen i reposted a little bit ugo um he's got like a different way of thinking about it and shit too so he like kind of want he's helping me out with it and coming up with some good ideas so we're um yeah um but yeah he come to like one of the gps filmed a little bit to see like we also want to do something first and see if it works before we actually do it yeah because also i don't want to release or like do something and then people be like ah oh, yeah that's that's I rec- cool but I don't shit reckon, at the same time yeah I want no, it to be I like think that you're sweet dude i think that like the the video that you did with fox like the day in the life i had so many people hit me up about uh, that yeah. and we're just like fuck that was so sick and yeah. as far as the 
like I actually have never really thought about that argument that you just put forward about not being able to get that uh, the personality across in the same way in Europe I've never really thought about it but that makes so much sense why the personalities are so different and that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do the Euro studio because you just don't really hear anything from the the Euro guys and a lot of the writers themselves can speak English but yeah the fact that you know you sort of you're having a weird time trying to play to all these different um, audiences but as far as personally you doing your thing like you should just put out literally exactly what you want and not give a fuck about what anyone else thinks because i can tell you now as a person that makes content for a living that would be good content like you don't have to you don't have to think about it any further than that yeah i mean that's the that's the part where i want to do it because i feel like also i want to go back to like the thing where it's like an australian thing like yeah yeah, we don't really give a fuck if if you're in the end of the day i think Australia is the most easygoing, like, personality out of all the ones that I've seen for sure that, like, we don't give a fuck about that sort of shit. So, like, I want to keep it along those lines, but also don't want to upset people as well. Yeah. Where I mean, like, some people can get offended by just, yeah, how outspoken I am or how much of a good time I'm having. And I also don't want it to seem like I'm having, like, a rip of time when I'm also having like shit time because of like the results and stuff that I'm getting as well. Like I want to have a good balance out of like, you being yeah, like real I don't want to seem it. like I'm having super good fun. Yeah. I don't want to seem like oh, I'm having so much fun, but yeah, I'm getting like 12th or 15th on the weekend. Like I want it to be a more of like, like say a, a mix between a little bit of both of like riding and fun shit because like, I feel like, um, in the end of the day, people are also like yeah obviously no one's focused on doing like a video or anything like that and that's the kind of way that i want to have it too where i'm just like full normal have fun post some funny shit like get people to like it um but also like to still know that my job is to race Mm. uh not to make like content and shit like that to make people happy so like i mean in the end of the day i feel like um yeah, I take my job like full serious and shit like that. Uh, do like so much training and take it super serious. Try and do everything I can to be like the best rider I can be. Um, and in my spare time, I always think of like these stupid ideas that yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, maybe that could work. Or like think about shit that's like fun. That's like sort of not many people are doing and stuff like that. That's why I get the time to think about it because I'm like, oh yeah, people would probably like that. But then at one time you're like, uh, if I try it, people don't like it, then it's like a waste of my time. And then yeah, like, I just don't think that... Should I do it or should I not? Yeah, like, I it's, reckon... It's quite... You're just overthinking it in that sense, I reckon. Like, I think you just... Yeah, you're just cool yeah. enough. You're just cool enough. Like, you're just a good enough dude and you do cool <laughs> enough shit and you travel all over the yep. world. Like, it's just... you. There's, if there's anyone that should do it you should do it and i mean fuck dude I, there's we've had a million people watch this podcast in the last like 28 days or something r- ridiculous i guarantee there's a yeah. fuck ton of people that didn't like it <laughs> you know what i mean oh 100 so you just 100%. at the end of the day like, you're always you, gonna have that though yeah you just it's yeah. fully out of your control and i think too like if you're making stuff 100 yeah, percent if you're making stuff just for you as well, you know, like there's going to be a point where like, you know, you and the missus are going to look back 
you know years and years from now and and even just the fact of documenting uh some of the stuff i know that's one of the things that toddy said um when he come back from europe he's like man i just wish i filmed more shit so i mean even even just in that sense like you know because it just goes by so quick Mm. you're going to all these crazy places like i would fucking love to see that shithole motel in russia that you stayed at like i'd love to see you boys (laughs) eating potato (laughs) wedges you know like there's so much crazy shit and i think that yeah you're in a you're in a really cool position um to you know to be able to do that like i yeah i reckon you're just overthinking it you should just do whatever the fuck you want and post it because people will love it yeah yeah i mean in the end of the day that's the plan but it's like all planning it out too because like say a lot of shit like you think oh that'll that'll work super easy but also like cost money and shit you know like to get it all happen you have to buy a camera you have to do this you have to know someone because in the end of the day i can't edit shit i can't film shit you know like i don't know anything that goes on with that like i just know it'd be funny if we did it so like i mean it's a bit difficult to like yeah also at the same time you also don't want to start doing it and then be like ah that sucks yeah uh because i'm not filming it right or it sucks because i'm not editing it right and then everyone's like ah that's just fucking shit like a waste of time to watch you need to do it like properly but also that takes planning and shit like that and a little bit of budget and a little bit of money to even start it I mean, in the end, I know it's probably money worth spending, but at the time you're like, yeah, yeah, fuck, like I'm in the middle of racing. Is it worth it? Like, that's just the part that I'm like, yeah, fuck. I mean, I don't really have time for it or yeah. like not that keen on doing it. Like straight away that I'm like, yeah, I'll just fucking go and pay everything and get someone to do it good. Because in the end of the day, I mean, I feel like you need to have that um, a little bit for also people to understand it a little bit better because if i was to go and do it by myself it looks shit yeah. and then you don't get people that would like be into watching it or something like i also have no idea how like youtube works i have no idea how cameras work i know like yeah i grew up without technology and shit like that yeah. so i'm pretty lucky to know how how an iphone works you know what i mean so like with all this other complicated shit um it's also something that i'm like I don't want to learn. I don't have like so much interest to learn it. So I'd yeah. rather do it properly in one sense. Um, so yeah, that's most of the thing that's taken like the most, most planning and stuff like that is to try and do it properly and have like a good time with it while doing it. Not just be like, ah, oh, should we be doing it or should we not? Like it's yeah. just like a natural thing. If like, if I can get it happening, it happens. If I don't, I don't like, then like you said i think it's still cool to film shit and document shit that happens over here because that'd be funny as fuck anyway what's the of all the years that you've been there is there something that you wish you filmed like what's just the shit what has just been the most like (laughs) out of control yeah i don't know i mean like there's a lot of funny shit that's like most of the funny shit happened the first year when it was like me and walsh um he's a just wild like man, eh? i don't know that oh he's just funny as like it's a good time when he's around and stuff like that so like we <laughs> the team also didn't have that much budget and stuff like that it was started off so it was like obviously we weren't expecting anything huge but it wasn't anything that we we're expecting either like we had to drive uh to um 
to the tracks and stuff ourselves and like BOI mechanics and stuff that year. And just some of the shit we could have filmed or just laughed <laughs> about. We still laugh about it to this day. We always talk about it. Like we go there and the van's like got spare parts and stuff in it um and stuff prepped already and we get to the track one day and he gets a flat tire on the first session <laughs> and um all there is in the back is like a, a spare paddle but the paddle's on backwards so he pulls it out of the van and he's like what the fuck am i gonna do with this thing <laughs> so he, he pulls it out we just start pissing ourselves laughing like fuck i don't know like what we can do here i was like fuck maybe i can do a moto you switch my wheel out put it in your bike you go um and then he's like ah fuck this man i'm just putting it in he just went out and did like a full whip session with like a fucking paddle tire backwards like just shit like that it was fucking funny from that year that we could have laughed at so hard. <laughs> like even loading even loading that van and shit us going to the track and that thing like the uh the speed limits here are like 130 and we just <laughs> fucking pinned in that van like 160 down the highway just fucking laughing <laughs> some of the funny shit we done fucking hell could get me in tears laughing about that shit like fuck the in holland they have like so many speed humps and shit here and like we get this van and have you ever seen the things where you put like the foot pegs in the um it's like they're clamps so they're not even like fucking tie downs and we're like <laughs> we're like what the fuck is this shit you know like we've never seen this we normally get a van like fucking put tie downs and we're like <laughs> what is this but we end up loading the van up <laughs> we're pinned on like this in the van and we fucking hit this speed bump Ka-ding! smash we're like we look at each other like what the what the fuck was that we get to the track one of the bikes is like full on on the other bike fucking <laughs> we hit the speed bump that hard that it's like unclipped the foot peg fucking the same one of the bikes flying he's got it like a fucked up grip when we get to the track and shit we're like oh what the fuck is going on here like we just used to like in the end of the day it's so good that we're there together because like Oh, could you like imagine you're going there through by, that yourself, by yourself? You'd almost start crying about that shit. Yeah. Oh, you almost start instead of crying of laughter, you'd be sitting there like fully crying, like "What the fuck am I doing here? Like I'm wasting my time." But <laughs> I mean, in a way, it was such a good time at, at at that point as well for us to like just fucking like we're at the point where like fuck it, we're just living it up, like <laughs> yeah, we having do a good it, time. Yeah. Obviously, like y- yeah, we're like fuck, we'd go to the track sometimes, like and. Yeah, Walsh's. We had like standard Honda 250Fs for like practice bikes. So they would have been like, sick, eh? Yeah, obviously when you ride, yeah, in the deep sand here, like it's fucking, Unreal. you can run faster sometimes. So <laughs> we're like loving it. Like sometimes we'd just get there, like Walsh is fucking off it. Something happened that morning when we we're picking the bikes up. There's no fucking spare parts or something. He's like, oh, I feel like my bike's about to fucking blow up. So he's like off it already. We're driving to the track just trying to laugh. He's like, um, yeah, throwing. He always used to get get the fucking tunes happening and then like just throw random raps like on the way to the track. I feel like that would be some funny shit to film as well. But like in the end of the day, like we'd just piss ourselves on the way to the track. I would like 
we get there he's like fuck it i'm just doing like a whip session today so he'd uh-huh. like get some guy you'd see them there with like a camera just go throw scrubs all day and shit. <laughs> it was fucking some good times and then like he could he could count laps in his head so like if we had to do like sprint laps that day we'd always like do the same same program kind of thing so he could count laps in his head and like i can't do that shit when i'm riding like i don't know if i've done like three laps yeah. or five like i'm like what the fuck like i get super confused but he could do it and then so like i'd just fucking tag him behind him he'd do like three laps we'd pull out together if i talk shit go again do two laps but like he can count it super good so i'd just follow him and we're doing it one day at this track he fucking like gets sketchy goes out the track I literally like in one meter behind him, so I'm following. <laughs> and um, I hit his line. We fucking both go out this track, end up in this ditch, like both nearly cartwheel it. And like, because here there's so many ditches and stuff next to the tracks, and like the fences are super close. We're like, fuck, nearly just died. We're sitting there on the side of the track halfway through our sprint laps, just pissing ourselves laughing because we both nearly just fucking died doing the same shit. Oh, I mean, like them times when you think back on it you don't think back on it that often but there's so much funny shit happened like yeah it's fucking hard to explain like that's one of the times that i wish that we like like film shit and can like because we always look back on it still these days and like piss ourselves laughing about it always it's crazy that you guys both made it through that period of time because you just come off winning a championship in australia and you're probably thinking like, oh, I've made it. Like, I've got a got a ride in Europe. Like, we're killing it. And then you get there and it's just like, it's like staying in a dodgy Airbnb, but you're locked in for like a year. Mm. And yeah. all the photos yeah, are Yeah, 100%. Sick. Like, I mean, yeah, I've like, in the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I won the title in Oz, but I never thought like... I think that helped me as well because I never thought that like, ah, I'm coming over here to kill it straight away. I mean, I come over a little bit before it and I knew how hard it was already before I come. And obviously like you hear of so many teams that are also like not what they're made out to be. Um, So I kind of had the expectations of that to be like, ah, okay, like I'm not fully set up and ready to go out and just fucking kill it or just get straight good results. I was like expecting what happened kind of thing um also like would go to the races and like yeah i i qualify like uh 14th or 12th or something like that in emx and like i was like oh yeah okay first races and stuff like that but there there was also you look at the timesheet and you're like fuck there's guys that i've never ever heard of like and because walsh and i had never been there before like we're just like what the fuck is going on you know like we're trying to do like a hot lap of our life but there's kids out there from like italy you go to an italian emx 250 there's like 80 riders roll up so you have to qualify and shit yeah and it's like the top uh 20 i think it was yeah the top 20 or something of both classes or the top 18 went straight through and then they had like a last chance qualifier that year that we'll race in it so you had to yeah you had to be the top 18 out of each group to go through and then the first two from the last chance would go through yeah from their their race and um yeah we went there and walsh had to go through the last chance for the first gp and he was like come back to the truck fucking peeking and stuff because we're in the same session and like i went straight through 
But I was like, man, I don't know what the fuck's going on. We're looking at this timesheet laughing a little bit like, fuck, this is crazy shit, you know? Like he goes and does this last chance race. But he, I think he, he whole shot it and then won it. But like um, he was stressing so hard that he was like not going to qualify as shit. But that year I feel like he didn't qualify sometimes because he was so stressed about that. Yeah. Like I would always be like, ah, oh, fuck, I, I, don't ca- I don't care if I'm like 12th or 10th and I get like 20th gate pick or 15th gate pick, you know, like I didn't really care. But he was so like, fuck, I need to like go through that first qualifying so hard to like the point where he was like stressing not qualifying because out, of yeah. that, I feel like. Yeah, just stressing hard. And then like, because we'd just, he'd always be like, yeah, fuck, we're at the practice track, like almost same speed always. And then we get there and that's like such a big difference that like I said, yeah, you need to like less, like care about it less, you know, like doesn't matter if we're like fucking 15th and 16th or whatever in qualifying it doesn't really matter yeah yeah but then like also he was struggling a little bit with the bike and stuff too like um because we we did at the first round we had like a good bike each um and it was like decent you know they had like good power and everything but it got like uh little bit less and a little bit less as we went on you know so it got yeah pretty hard to like do good and um yeah like we'd go to the practice tracks all the time and because like everyone's at the practice tracks here like you ride there on like a standard bike and everyone's got like sick bikes even like the satellite teams then (laughs) when we were riding had like super sick bikes that were like quite fast and stuff anyway so like i don't know going back to like the part where it's like i'm glad he was here for that because i mean you can go to the practice track and be like three seconds a lap slower than everyone because your bike's like fucking doesn't even pull through the sand so you could almost go home depressed about that but we just like tried to make it a good time um so i mean like yeah i feel like that's the reason we both stuck it out is because we were like yeah you know fuck it like if we were on like a decent bike as well we could we could do a lot more so like yeah we both stayed stuck it out both got like on a on a on a good bike and then yeah showed what we could do and he's he's more like keen on america and stuff now which is like in the end i thought would suit him more anyway even when he was here he wanted to do supercross and and race over there and do that shit so um it's pretty cool to see him doing that sort of stuff now like even this year he went over for What's what's the first coast? So, uh, West Coast. He did like uh, the first five or six rounds. No, no West. West Coast. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he went and did that with his team. They all went over there. So um, I don't know. That was pretty sick to see him do that because it's something that he wanted to do for like such a long time. Um, and then yeah, even talking to him about it now, he's fucking stoked on doing it and wants to like kind of stay over there if he can. Um, which I think could possibly happen like he's put in decent decent enough results for someone to pick him up and be like i feel like there if you get like a factory bike you make the step Mm. um but it's more the it's more hard to get a gig there because they have so many guys that are like super young that are just coming through like they're already signed up for stepping up to the pro level so they have like kids that are like 13 14 15 16 they're just ready for like every year that someone wants to step up or someone 
steps out of the 250 class that they can go straight in you know so that makes it hard to get a factory ride there but i feel like if you get the opportunity or the chance then you make like a huge step because you've got all the the shit to do good i mean like you have like the practice mechanic you have the program normally teams have all trainers and shit like that now so i mean it's not like that he that he's not doing that anyway i think it just gives you the confidence that you're like yeah fuck i'm doing Mm. everything that everyone else is doing anyway that gives you like the confidence you make that little step you're like oh the bike's better just shit like that i mean for in america anyway you know that you can make that little step especially in that 250 class yeah i mean the bikes are so competitive and shit these days like that uh yeah you need pretty much like a factory factory gig to be like really competitive there you know man it's it's so it's underrated i mean like i've i'm trying to train at the moment for a race and it's i've rode i rode thursday and then i rode today and it's like i'm fucked (laughs) Like, I got to wash my bike, all my yeah. gear, like, air filter, all the shit that you got to do, and like, when you're that privateer kind of guy, or not not full privateer, like, you're on a team, but it's not the best team, like, there's still so much stuff that you're doing, and, like, today, I, because I had to come do this straight after, pretty much, I just left my bike at Maddie's, and then the, the difference between me riding bringing all my shit home washing my bike in the dark the whole deal loading unloading loading unloading versus like today drove to maddie's dropped off my shit got in the car come here i was just like fuck this is the difference between being a factory rider or like a privateer or on like a a lower team there's just so much auxiliary shit that you end up having to do which has absolutely nothing to do with getting better on a bike yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I feel like um, when I come here and then had the the chance to have a practice mechanic and shit like that, that does handle that side of things. I mean, it it kind of gives you a lot more time to improve yourself. You know what I mean? Like, if say when I was in Australia to do everything, it was like a slog. Like, you go home, wash your bike, then you have to go cycling or you have to go running or something like that it's like fuck i almost don't have the energy to do it anymore yeah where it was like so mentally draining where now you can like kind of relax you go straight back do your shit that you need to do go home have dinner um it's so much less stress i mean in australia i think that'd be a cool thing if we seen like people start to get like practice mechanics and stuff like that i mean it's not like as in to say like a spoiled thing but i mean it's just so much easier to do your job yeah properly yeah um where you can like super focus on like only you um i mean in a way like it's so good to learn how to work on the bike and shit like that but then in the end of the day if you're not that good at it also it's so much better to have someone that knows exactly what they're doing as a mechanic to work on the bike you know ah fuck it's gonna be in good shape the next day that i ride it like you're not worried about pinching the tube when you put it in. You're not worried about 100%. doing that shit because like, yeah, like it's it's so much better. They Their job is to look after the bike and 
you know that it's like every time you go on it you're like oh it's the best it can be you know um where when you do it yourself it's also like fuck did i do that (laughs) properly or like you have to double check everything like it's not it's not a bad thing at all i mean you also have to trust yourself to be able to do it properly and like i'm sure being a mechanic you would also be shitting yourself yeah making sure everything is good and yeah you know what i mean and so it's like a yeah it's a good way to to have it so like uh, even here though it's more difficult um because all the tracks open at like one o'clock so it's not like you can get up nine oh, really you can't eat breakfast, do it go early. straight to the track moto go home do everything in time it's like you get up wait half the day so you maybe you can do well for me i don't like to train before i ride so much so i'd rather be like 100 percent when i get on the bike than train afterwards and it's like quite difficult to um to do that like here on the ride days because you don't go to the track till one o'clock get home sometimes like 6 30 so you still got to do like the recovery cycle and everything like that after riding when you get home go straight home dinner pretty much go bed uh the next day depends like if you're riding again or not same shit but like um i feel like here you also have to drive quite far to the tracks and stuff so you gotta leave like earlier and that anyway but i mean it's quite difficult than if you woke up like 8 30 went to the track you get yeah. there 9 30 10 o'clock ride until 12 or 1 and then go home you got like the rest of the afternoon to do recovery clean all your shit make everything good but then um yeah the fact of it here is that you can't ride until later so it makes everything that little bit more difficult which is like another benefit to having like someone that does look after the bike yeah. and does do that stuff because i mean i feel like if you had to do that you would almost do like no training that day of course you can do it in the morning like i still do it sometimes in the mornings here like a like a warm-up session before going normally i try and like yeah just do some stretching and shit like that make sure i feel good before i ride but like yeah i mean everyone's different in the way that they train and stuff like that and how they all like to do it so i mean everyone's on like a similar but different program i mean like i feel like yeah. everyone does pretty much the same kind of thing here um but it's just the way they do it is a little bit different so um yeah i feel like on that side of things it's definitely super important to have a practice mechanic and just allows us to do the best job we can do to be ready to perform on the weekends uh has it's crazy that europe has never really gone the way of the facility kind of deal and there's not like there's no baker's factory of or club mx or like that sort of thing that's like a lot of pros kind of go to it's very different in that sense eh? yeah i was like i was literally talking about that the other day um to uh uh yeah like the team trainer and stuff here obviously mark i said like it's crazy how how it hasn't kind of gone that way it's literally i see only guy so he's got his own facility now where he's got his built his own track and i think he's got like a house and garage there and everything like so his practice mechanic i think lives there and he just rides out his garage and rides his track um so that's like more american style but um here i think the the difference with that though like because say in florida everyone has their like huge acreage block of land uh, like 
um, machines, all that shit, you know. And here in Holland, it'd be like almost impossible to find a bit of land like that to be able to build a track or a facility yeah. without being next door to someone or or being super close to someone for them to complain and probably shut it down, you know. Um, I feel like that's the only thing that stops it from here because, I mean, like, I think Tim bought something in Slovenia. I'm pretty sure that's where he lives, like... um. And I'm sure there's more land there than what there yeah. is in like Holland or yeah, Belgium. Yeah, that, that's exactly why. Sort of yeah. area. Because it's like, it's full city here that like you go to, from one little city to another one, it's like two kilometers away, another five kilometers, it's yeah. another little city. There's obviously little bits of land in between, but it's not like, also it's not big enough land to build like a sick facility or something. It's yeah. like so much small land, unless you built it in the right place. I mean, I feel like that's Russia, the only bro. way that's stopping it. <laughs> I mean, I see, yeah, I now I see like um, France has like heap of sick tracks and stuff like that, and like probably the right dirt for it. But like, yeah, obviously no one would do it because you you also need to. Um, I feel like here people enjoy where they live as well, mm. and say if one of the top guys had to go and buy land in France to do that. They don't like to live in France so much unless they're from there. Um, I feel like the people here are like real homebodies. They like to stay serious, like always at their house, their home. As soon as the GP finishes back at their house, they're always home where like um, they can't really build a home on the track kind of thing. Yeah. Where like most people in florida they they live like what i've never been there or i see like they must live close to their facilities yeah it's only like, like half an hour all, yeah the ride all the time you know yeah yeah so they drive only 30 minutes every day and they can go from like a city that has everything supermarket everything they need their own house straight to the track 30 minutes drive every day yeah um and i feel like if you bought like a setup here you're in you're in the middle of france with a lot of acreage you can like obviously build a house and shit there but there's nothing close so you can't really do anything where i feel like yeah they love the fact that everything's super close and easy here and like to be honest most of the tracks and shit around here are good anyway so yeah. i mean i feel like that's why they wouldn't want to go and build something themselves yeah it's um that's yeah, how that, i see it anyway that's that, that makes total sense like it's just you've got too many people living in like it's a small country like if you look at you know you got yeah. holland and then you've got belgium right there it's like then you got france and it's like that's it's a pretty small piece of land where a lot of people live so that just makes total sense but i guess too the the fact that it's like all the top guys like no one's got it so it's almost not a disadvantage yeah. Because it's not like, you know, you've got yeah. one guy that's sort of... Ha I guess, you know, Tim's kind of got his set up. Um, but yeah, it's not like yep. that in the sense where it's not like there's one trainer and then eight dudes riding with Tim and then they're all at the same track on the same facility yep. doing kind of like the same deal, you know. And then exactly. the I guess the other thing yeah. that, probably, that probably factors in is the fact that there's no Supercross really in Europe. 
because all the motocross tracks are public yeah. so you can ride public motocross tracks yeah. there's no public supercross tracks yeah. so i guess that's probably where the facility stuff come in as well because they needed a place to build supercross tracks yeah 100 percent. i think that's also a reason why they would do it like imagine having a public supercross track that's just blown out every day you know what i mean like if you can have so many riders it's like almost sketchy too to ride on a supercross track yeah 100 percent. say like 15 dudes on the same track and i mean it's like a 40 second lap time max sometimes so if you're riding with guys that are maybe three seconds a lap slower just because of the whoops or something like that you you're so uh at so much more risk of having like a stupid accident or something like that because mm. of someone else. So I feel like that's why they would do the the whole private track kind of thing. Like not to say that it's not the same like in in uh, uh, Europe where it's like quite sketchy that you can ride on this track with 85s and shit like that. <laughs> um, that's also sketchy, but I mean... It's, it's different um, on a 40 second Supercross track. I don't know. I feel like, yeah, motocross. Yeah, motocross is also a different thing. Like you can look, I feel like so much further ahead and shit like that with motocross and like sort of kind of see what's happening a little bit more where like supercross you have to be so focused on where you're at the rhythm all that shit that you don't really get to check everything out so much um so I mean like I think that'd be the reason why they do it and plus like it'd be super expensive so of course that's why they do it all together yeah um all the maintenance and shit like that would be like pretty pretty up there so like I mean, it's a good way of doing it. It's, um, yeah, you get like your own private facility kind of thing. You get to ride with good dudes. If you get like guys that are also willing to set up there and shit like that. So, I mean, like in the end of the day, it's probably a good time going to the track all the time, taking the piss and having a good time at the track and trying to learn off each other and shit like that. Especially like, I feel like that 83 compound was probably working pretty good because they have the the Lawrence boys there. They're on 250s. All yeah. the other guys are mainly 450 guys. So, um, yeah, that, that must be, like, a good time for all of them because, like, yeah, they're not worried as such about, like, the 250 guys. Like, even if they yeah. went there and the 250 guys could be faster, they don't really care so much because racing. it's, like yeah i don't even have to race this guy on the weekend you know like it's good that he's fucking killing it today but i don't have to go and put up with him on the weekend. i don't, I don't have to deal with it's it it's more like it'd be more difficult at at bakers i reckon because they literally have to race each other week in week out like especially with the yeah. 250 guys there they also have the 250 guys that are pushing the other 250 guys and the 450 guys that are pushing the 450 guys so i mean i feel like in that sense that would be the hardest part about being there oh. i feel like <laughs> <We're at the back. laughs> we've done it we've done a studio change what what yeah. nails are you using over there mate should i wait should i wait should yeah, i we'll wait just, yeah, we'll or should wait. i wait to continue so you can like cut that yeah yeah we'll just wait fucking gypsy tails europe mate it's the shambles <laughs> well, i could see it going to yeah, I know, eh? I could see it Good going. Job. I was, Good like, job. real slow, and I'm just like, oh, 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 oh. Fuck, I'm still not used to the haircut, eh? Mine? Nah, no. You can blame the FIM for that. What? Did they make you cut it? 
<laughs> they didn't make me, but like I could tell they weren't happy with it always. And then at one point they always made me tie it up. Really? Like so nothing would hang out the back. Yeah. But well, hey, from wait, the wait, first round wait, pretty much. Wait, wait. The chicks not race motocross? Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Oh, that was my argument, you know. But they also have to get their hair tied up in their helmet in Europe. Uh. So that was also their argument back. But I was like, yeah, if I am a Ven, it's the same. No, like I said, why can like Barsha, Mookie, everyone like that have yeah. such long hair? Like Mookie's fucking hair is pretty much on his seat, you know. Like I said, how is that allowed? But I can't have like run the mullet out of the back of the helmet here. Yeah, no, nah, it's not possible. Um, everything like that. They wanted me to always like tie it up, put it in the helmet and shit like that. So in the end, I just got kind of over that sort of fact that I was like, fuck, every time I have to go ride, I have to tie it up. Oh, that sucks, dude. That's so fucking annoying. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that's shit marketing. Yeah. Like you terrible, terrible marketing. How about Toby yeah. running the Dakar? Yeah, that's what I mean. I was like, uh, I kind of had like a bit of an argument about it. Like, but in the end, what, like, who am I? What can I say? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, I can't fucking change shit. So they just say, like, yeah, it's either this or you tie it up. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, all right. So I started tying it up for a while. How did they make, like, how did you have to tie <laughs> it up? Pretty much like the last round. Just like, as long as it wasn't hanging anywhere. So it was like, I'd put my helmet on and then Holly would just like tie it behind, like, my bottom of my helmet so obviously I wasn't, wasn't in the helmet like annoying me but it was just it was super annoying to have to tie it up all the time yeah. and like it, I think I got I got pretty much to like the last race or like the last week of racing it was in Arco and I was like yeah fuck that I'm just gonna find like a barber get it chopped off oh. so I cut it all it bums me out mate fucking FIM oh well yeah. we'll put them on blast here yeah, yeah it bums a lot of people out <laughs> a YouTube clip FIM makes Jed Beaton cut his hair <laughs> the thumbnail would just be like nah they wouldn't be happy they wouldn't be so happy about that nah yeah, fuck them exactly. that doesn't worry me I don't go to the races bro like, yeah. <laughs> nah yeah, actually exactly. actually uh, that's to put up with the shit i was supposed to i'm in spain uh in a couple of weeks or like next month and then i was gonna be there yeah. for the the spain gp but it's like <clears throat> it's the i'd have to stay a whole nother week and i'm like and then i was supposed to come back and for, race Mandy. for the moto gp you mean no for the for your gp Oh, right. I thought you meant like this. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, it's right. It's like the 29th of May. So what, you were going to be here one more week? Well, so I'm going on yeah, the 26th. Yeah. So I get there I get there on the 11th and then I'm going to go yep. of, of May and I'm going to go watch Jack um, at MotoGP in France because they're at Le Mans. And then, yeah. the, week, yeah. then the Wednesday <laughs> is the Stark launch like for that e-bike. So I'm going to go ride that ah uh, okay okay yeah and then yep. the so then that weekend is the f1 in barcelona and i'll already be in barcelona and then the spanish grand prix for you guys or the spanish gp is the next weekend so if i stayed an extra week i might be able to come <laughs> but i was like oh fuck we're supposed to be fuck, racing. that would have been sick eh? that's a full dream trip yeah well dude moto I mean, gp f1 mxgp 
Yeah, maybe it, maybe I should just stay because uh, yeah. But we're supposed to be doing Manji, but Sam reckons he's pulling out. Ah, uh, yeah. What's he fucking doing that for, <laughs> mate? You talk to him. I can't talk to him. <laughs> you, you ask. Are you just gonna drive there again, or what's the plan? No, nah, what's the so, plan? You're gonna drive there again, or no? Nah, I said we'll fly. Shit? I said we'll fly. Yeah, and still not. So what's his excuse then? Is he fucking oh, just throwing know, shit out of the water everywhere? Yeah, don't know, mate. I don't know. <laughs> you, fucking hell, Sammy. You've let everyone down here. You've let the crew Look, down. Look, I've seen you pumping it up on uh, Facebook, Insta, all that that much. Now you're fucking backing out. It's not acceptable. No, nah, and he'll listen to this too. It'll be, he'll be so pumped on this podcast until right now. <laughs> he'll, be like, he'll be in his car or something. Sorry, Sammy. He'll be in his car on the highway and be like... <laughs> just the face will just drop completely. Turn that shit off. <laughs> he was just like, "Wow, this fucking this this really changed quickly for me, didn't it?" Uh, what we so we we're talking about like the training facilities and shit. Yeah, I think the I think the fact that none of the big guys have like done it too, because really, if you think about it, in all sports, it just takes like one top dude to do something different. And then he wins and then everyone yep. else has to do it. And it was kind of like Ricky and James exactly. were like the two guys that had the full kind of facility type deals. And then as soon as it like mm-hmm. that really took off and then Alden gets his facility and then it's like, cause that's, what's crazy is like, you think about it. It's not like the rider that's kind of dictating the training. It's like the trainer is like the main thing. And then you've just got riders that cycle yeah. in and out of that program. But it's sort of like the trainer was the one that was kind of winning the championships. It was pretty pretty wild time there. It, well, I mean, it still is kind of thing. Like, I mean, it's still like a, a pretty much like a, what would you call that? Like a stigma of what's happening at the moment. Like, yeah. say at the start, Ricky would buy the compound, um, James, and then Chad um they were like the top three guys yeah literally um, eh? no one could beat so any of those three dudes that yeah exactly but now i mean like it's someone that's um i don't know it's difficult to explain because it's now like someone that's got a facility that is a trainer but they've got like five dudes it's yeah. not like someone that just went and got one trainer one facility and then they're killing everyone it's now uh of one facility one trainer, six guys. Yeah. So it's like kind of weird, but at the same time, I can understand a little bit how it goes that way is because they, I feel like they have one top guy. Yeah. Always. And then they get like the other guys to push that one top guy. Mm. Um, But yeah, I don't know exactly how it works or like what happens. I just see a little bit from like the outside in, you know. It's uh, I've never like been to America and I've never seen any of the facilities or something like that, so I don't really know what the go is, but I feel like that's kind of what they do a little bit. Um cuz who have you got? You've got like um you've got Alden obviously, Rattray. Yeah. Um Star and, has... And I think, like, Mike Brown as well, or not? Yeah, I think Mike Brown does, like, the 250s there. Something. And then you've got, at the Star facility, yeah. you got, like, Garrett Swanepoel. That's, that's yeah. like, that's the next yeah, level. Swanee. Is, like, a team that actually owns mm-hmm. 
the whole thing. So like if you ride for exactly. Star, you've yeah. got practice tracks, you've got Supercross tracks, you've got uh, suspension guys there, motor guys, like literally the entire thing is right there. So that's that's the next level. I think, yeah, I think that's the next step. You know, I think uh, teams will most likely start doing that. Obviously, uh, KDM, I've got Alden, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they sort KDM, of have Husky it, yeah. Group, uh, Gas Gas, they, it's like, yeah, I think every, they would do all their testing at Alden's, they have all the suspension guys there, they would fly people in from Austria to there, uh, just everything happens from there. So, I mean, like, Star do the exact same thing, but it's, like, kind of a different way of, like, there's not a different brand there. Yeah, there's sort of like, like not a th- yeah, I mean, there's not a third Because KDM party. and Husky and Gas Gas, yeah, they're all the same, but it's like, I don't know, it's weird too because I feel like Gas Gas is like, they're, they're off, they just do their own thing kind of thing because like Barsha has got uh, Will Hahn and yeah. he like does his stuff with uh, also the 250 rider as well. But are they, they're not in like, they're in California or not or are they, yeah, or are they yeah. out in Florida as well? I think, um, well, Bash has got his own place that I'm pretty sure that's in, oh, actually, maybe he yeah. doesn't still have that, but yeah, he had like the whole, the whole Bamland thing going. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that. But um, yeah, that's I just like, yeah, I mean, it's a weird setup. So they do what they want to do kind of thing, which is like a cool way to have it too, because I feel like in the end they would nearly enjoy it a little bit more. than the guys that are that are at Alden's because I mean like say if you you spend so much time with the same people that eventually one day you're going to get sick of them aren't you like especially with tensions always like as in riders I mean say like you can always have a good relationship with riders but fuck they only have to do one thing to piss you off one time then yeah 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 you're fucking at them all the time you know to want to be faster it also pushes your limits. It's means it's like quite a mental thing to stay there as well is like why I think say like people are kind of wanting to leave there at the moment or not yeah. like at the moment, but they want to go out because I think uh, it's not just like a physical thing. It's like a real big mental thing for them to be just there 24 yeah. seven, same guys, same yeah. program. You know, you do the same thing as what he does. You know, he's a little bit faster here. You know, he's pushing your limit. You know, he can piss you off. Sometimes it only takes one thing to piss you off. And then that one thing pisses you off 24-7 after that. Yeah. So, I mean, like, for them, it'll be, like, a huge mental thing to stay there all the time as well. Yeah. Um, Where I feel like some of the other guys have got, like, a little bit of freedom because, like, say, Star, they have the same thing, but they also have, like, six 250 guys or, or seven to 50 guys also the amateur guys that are coming up they can also train there they have the 450 guys that pretty much like i feel like them 450 guys they also use that facility but they have their own thing like i don't yeah. think tomac trains nah, with Tomac's not there i think he does time. the 250 side of things and that's it yeah so like also ferandas i don't know if he Has uses swanapol or not no nah, he's like, got they TV. all have that facility yeah okay so like i mean them guys still have the exact same setup but a little bit more freedom yeah i feel like they'd enjoy it a little bit more um on that side of things because like dylan and eli they could probably choose 
whether they want to ride together or ride with the 250 guys and they enjoy that enough or it, yeah say Eli he just goes back to Colorado for whatever amount of time then Dylan's still got someone to ride with but he can also do his own program that DV set out for him so it's like he's not put to one exact thing that everyone yeah. has to do yeah so I mean like that's kind of a little bit the way I look at it where he would have like more freedom in what he does and a little bit more enjoyment yeah what's the is there a practice track kind of like hierarchy over there like you know at this track this dude's the man at this track this dude's the man at this track you go here or is it pretty much just like jeffrey's always the man everywhere or like is because is there like sort of that Uh, dynamic a little bit a little bit you know like it also depends on like it's so weird though because you can go to Lommel one day and it's completely like wet it's got ruts everywhere and super like technical you go another day it hasn't rained for like three weeks straight it's so dry and it's like kind of hard underneath so like you can go there one day it seems like it's bottomless sand and it just like it just gets deeper and deeper the next day you go there hit the bumps like get sketchy because they're like hard underneath so I mean the tracks change so much as in like you think you are I'm going to the same track and it's completely different so it's like I don't know like everyone's fast on their day I guess because you can also go there have a like sweet day riding you're like fuck I was on it today yeah but then you never know if they're having a shit day also like so I mean I feel like that's what's good about um over here is like no one really cares so much like you can go to the practice track be two seconds a lap slower or two seconds a lap faster and no one really cares they're like fuck i've only got to twist the throttle on race day Mm. get a good start twist it fuck see how we go like it's not um it's not like such an important thing where you're like oh i just have to be the man all the way through the week i have to fucking go there on the weekends just fucking gas. it's like here it's so much different too because yeah you you travel so much that like in the season maybe you ride like one day a week um because say like you do an off season you ride four days a week and you're like fuck we're into it like pushing hard your body feels like tired always all that shit but then you think about it you also go to a gp you, you race both days now so saturday sunday if you ride one day that week you ride three days a week anyway yeah true if you did four days a week it's like what you're doing in the off season but at a race level yeah it's like so much harder on the body than you go practicing like four days a week yeah and it's like um plus we travel like super far sometimes we have to leave on the thursday sometimes when we went to argentina we left on the tuesday night so you're there wednesday night or something like that so um it took us a few days to get into that rhythm and you don't really realize how much like toll it has on the body when you're doing all that shit plus racing like nearly every weekend um so i mean it's a little bit different than like literally racing on the saturday night or the saturday fly home saturday night or sunday morning you're home all week then fly out friday yeah like you literally get home monday midday pretty much 
pack your shit again for Thursday, Arvo, Friday morning, leave again. Um, so it's like, you're always moving. It's not like, it's like this weekend we get a weekend off, but it's like such a good thing to be able to just fucking relax for one weekend is because you don't realize how like busy you get and how quick shit comes like, uh, and like how demanding it is on the body for like, say, even when you go to the practice track, like I said before, it's so far away sometimes too, that you like, yeah, we have to get up earlier anyway to leave at 10 to be there at 12 to get ready to ride at one. But that two hour drive is also long and boring and shit like that. So then you ride also two hours drive home. It's not like you literally get home on the Sunday night. Fuck. You have everything at home packed, ready to go ride on like Monday, Tuesday. It's like, uh, and it's only 30 minutes away where you have your own facility and you like feel relaxed anyway. It's like you get home, you're tired as you do recovery cycle on the Monday, Tuesday, a bit of training again, Wednesday, you go ride Thursday. You try have a day off rest, recover before the weekend, Friday, a little bit training again, race again on the weekend back again. It's like the same thing every week. But when you're doing that every week, it's like sometimes, uh, you get a flight that's at a good time. So you can uh, fly eight, nine o'clock. You land back here at uh, like 11, 12. Then you got like the rest of the day you go training. And then sometimes you have a shit flight where you leave at two o'clock and you get back here at six. So if you don't have a gym at the motel that morning, you still have to do your training, but it's so late in the afternoon that you're yeah. like, fuck, it's, it's mentally tough to do it. Yeah. Then you also have the other hand where if you get up super early at like four o'clock, but you've just raced the day before. Uh, for me, I struggle to sleep like good after race day because there's so much shit going through your head, like what you should have done yeah, and do yeah. always. So it's like, yeah, you struggle to get to sleep. Then if you wake up six o'clock or you have a flight seven o'clock, you have to wake up six, five thirty. That's also like pretty tough for the body to be able to wake up and you feel that for like a couple days. Yeah. Um, because you've just went through two days of like smashing your body racing the gp wake up super early fly back you go straight back do your training at least you get it done early so that feels good but the rest of the day you're like broken on the couch you know you're yeah. like fuck what i've just been like hit by a train you know like it's so um i feel like some people don't see like how probably physical it actually is to be like a motocross rider and shit like that as well because i think like oh yeah it's so sick to be able to do all this and and do all that and and like almost don't see like what you could probably go through you know what i mean it's like fuck it's pretty tough on the the body the mind everything that you got to be like also you got to be like 100 percent fit too you want to do your best every weekend um so i mean like you put a lot of pressure on yourself um it's a whole lot of things that like people don't really see yeah that like probably don't understand a little bit until you actually put in that position where you'd be like oh fuck like that shit is pretty tough sometimes even if you were to do like hardly any training it's still like a it would for me i feel like it'd be still like a tough week you know like because you get home quite late and then you got to go again by like the Thursday 
or be ready to go. Um, obviously, the trucks, when they leave and shit too, they've got to leave quite early because it depends how far away the GP is. It may be take them three days to get there driving, you know. So, like, you have to come back, wash all your shit from the race weekend, repack it because the truck leaves maybe one or two days later. Um, and just little things like that, you don't realize, like, you got to always be, like, thinking, fuck, what do I need to do to be yeah, on top of things yeah. to, like, yeah, you got to make sure you get your training done. You got to make sure everything's washed. You got to not forget anything for the next GP. Um, obviously, like, if you forget shit, you've got a bag to take on the plane, but you always think you've got everything in your gear bag. I don't know. It's kind of like a... Yeah, it's kind of like tough in little ways that you're like, ah, oh, fuck, that you would never think about. Yeah, I like. yeah. And I feel like, you know, you've you've probably learned just sticking it out for the years that you've been there now. Like you would have actually learned the process that you kind of have to go through. But I can imagine at the start, man, you would have just had no idea. Yeah, like it's it's also difficult too because like, yeah obviously two of the years that i'm here now there was like covid so we had the one day formats and shit like that um now it's obviously back to the two day ones and it's like you use so much more shit you know like you're out on the track six times instead of three so you Mm. have six sets of gear to wash not three you have yeah six sets of uh like undershirts everything you have need more boots uh, you need two helmets like it's always way more shit so like um when i first come i was racing emx so we had one race on the saturday one race on the sunday when they were doing the double day format uh and then the next two years they're also still doing the double format but that was like yeah i had everything pretty organized and shit like that then but I mean, when it went to the one-day format, you didn't realize, like, how much easier it was to be, like... Yeah, you can also fly there on the Saturday or the Friday afternoon. And it's not, like, such a long weekend where you're, like, ah, I'm fucking... You're more in, out. And in the end of the day, too, like, the... Say, like, sponsors and stuff like that, I can understand they would like the two-day format more maybe also the trucks and shit like that because it's such an effort to go there drive three days there set everything up one day go home um where the teams would probably like it more they can go there on the thursday night set everything up friday saturday sunday they're there home monday uh, or sunday night after they pack everything down um so i mean like it would have the benefits in ways and then other ways it's like yeah why you know what I mean? It's like quite, quite. I'm looking like quite fifty-fifty about it. It's like, um, to be real honest, I think it'd be super cool if we went there and got to do the, um, so like the Saturday did like, it's like the same as like um, MotoGP kind of thing, is where you go out for like free sessions and then one like qualifying session, not a qualifying race, because um, I feel like we still get. Like, I think you ride like nearly an hour and a half on mm. the first day uh, or an hour and 20 minutes. And then you have like a 15 minute warm up and two thirties or like 30 plus two. So maybe you're doing like 35 minutes. It's like, 
yeah, hour 25 on the Sunday as well. Um, and like, it's not like it's an easy day. You go to the track, um, in the off season, you do like an hour and a half to two hours of riding and like two hours is like a max, max day of riding. Mm. Um, but you're not pushing at that level that you do at a GP. So, I mean, it's, um, it's difficult one to say because they also like to have the race for like the Saturday fans yeah, and the TV and everything like that. But I feel like they could also film the qualifying session, like when someone's on a hot lap or something like that, that would like also justify to not have that qualifying race. But I agree, um, man, because eh? I think I've been watching the yeah. F1 and MotoGP this year. Of like last couple of years, I pretty religiously <laughs> like I'm super into it nowadays. And the qualifying is almost the best part of the weekend. Like the way that MotoGP has yeah. got it set up with the um q2 and then you know you get a couple people that make it into q1 and then you do the q1 session and then in f1 you've got q1 q2 q3 like people tune in to watch them man yeah yeah well i feel like that's the probably the most exciting shit of the weekend because like say in the race they get into like a race pace and they've got to save their tires they've got to do all these things to be be good for the race you know what i mean and last the race out we're on that qualifying lap they throw brand new soft tires in can go fucking all out as hard as they can for one lap so people want to see that shit Hmm. it's also the same as us like we do that qualifying race whoever takes whole shot normally like wins the race it's not like they they go out and you see like the level of racing that you do in the actual races because people Hmm. are like always thinking about the sunday yeah it's like oh, okay this qualifying session to get my gate pick for the qualifying race like you're going fucking all out for that one lap and getting sketchy but you're like in the end what for like i need to actually do a race to get my qualifying position for tomorrow yeah so it's like quite strange you qualify to qualify when to i qualify. think about it i'm like fuck i'm yeah yeah i'm like sitting there in the qualifying session like fuck i'm having some sketchy moments like getting pretty loose but in the end of the day, if I qualify fifth or first or 12th, it only means that I get the gate pick for that race. I go take uh, a 10th place start, make two passes. Yeah, I qualify eighth for the next day anyway. So it's yeah. better than the 15th that I nearly killed myself yeah. trying to get, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's quite it's quite weird the way you do it or the way they think about it a little bit. Like, I mean, I feel like it'd be cool to do it like that, but... Like I said before, um, who am I? I don't yeah. know what the fuck. Like, you can't change anything. They they set it up how they want to set it up. So, like, I mean, I feel like the only way you could possibly do that is if every rider was like, yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to the qualifying race. Do you reckon and that's... miss the qualifying race, but... Do you reckon that's a thing that like most riders don't like the qualifier race? Uh, Yes and no, because, like, you're always going to have that one or two riders that are like, ah... Oh, fuck it i'll go race yeah i don't care um there's always always going to be people like that um regardless of yeah you'll get people that are like oh one why don't they like it you know like it's fucking good yeah but then you're also going to have the people that are like probably they're the people that don't like really think about it that much or they're the guys that are not in the position to lose a championship because of that yeah yeah fucking qualifying race or something like that you know what i mean like 
Um, I feel like the guys that are in the title hunt and shit like that would be way more focused on the <laughs> trying to get through the qualifying race, nothing happened, try to get a good start, be like yeah. super worried about it to race and get points on the Sunday. You go like all day Saturday, you're like, fuck, I'm pretty tired from the Saturday, you know, like tomorrow I'm going to w- wake up, feel it a little bit, but I got no points yesterday. Yeah. Like today I only get points and I have to ride feeling sore from the day before and shit like that it's like okay like i feel like they could probably get better uh racing out of it if the riders were more fresh for the sunday Mm. um but i mean yeah like i said in the end of the day you can always say like your opinion or your ideas on it but I mean, you can change really nothing unless everyone was to do the same thing or to have the same opinion, but that's also never going to happen. So, yeah, um, yeah, it's a, like it's a tough one because like I would say it would be nearly like 80-20. 80% wouldn't like to do the quality race and 20% would be like, oh, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like what, what do you say about it? Like... Yeah. the writers obviously can't change too much i mean i seen a little bit on uh social media at the end of last year of like people commenting saying that we should just do stick to the one day format or this and that but i mean in the end of the day they probably don't even see it the guys the actual top guys that are making the programs for the events and what they want to do for the tv schedules they probably don't even see like the writers commenting anything so like in the end of the day, I agreed with some of the people that were commenting shit, but I'm not going to go on there and comment with them because I know that they don't give a fuck. So in the end of the day, the only, like I said, the only thing that's going to change that is literally every single rider didn't roll up to the race and was like, it's fucking pointless. So we're not going to race it. But at the same time, if you did that, there'd be two guys that would go and race that race. Yeah. Qualify first. And and do it anyway. Yeah. So it never works. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah some guys that are that have traveled all the way from somewhere to race it you know like say one of the countries that's like a far away like a really long way away they would just be like oh fuck i've paid my entry to race this shit so i'm not not gonna race it you know yeah uh man i rode so i rode thursday and then rode today and i was smoked like i don't i I put two hours on the old 450 and i tell you what they take it out of you so i had like put two hours on the hour meter on the thursday and then i had friday off and then i went back today and i was fucking nowhere like i actually rode sick on thursday and then today i was absolutely dog shit i can't imagine doing a quad like an hour and a half that pace on those tracks at that level like yeah it's your job you get paid to do it but still the body's the body yeah. you know like you're still gonna be cooked and yeah. i i could not believe today how i just couldn't really do anything properly on the bike because i was just physically tired yeah like i mean it's i feel like when you go from one day to the next like it's good to have that warm-up because then you get back to it but like say after a full race weekend you can still you can go riding on the wednesday and you're still not there like you're like fuck my vision's slower than what it normally is it's just like quite weird to like feel that you know what i mean if you're not fully recovered you you straight feel it the day that you ride because like say when you go training you know 
you have to be focused, but you're not like race focused where you're like, oh fuck, like as soon as the gate drops, I'm focused anyway. It's like, oh, I mean, I feel shit for a few laps and then you get your focus and then you're like, oh, okay, I'm on. But it's like kind of weird that you can feel that sort of, uh, yeah, the effect on the body even days after you've raced and shit. Like, um, that's like, it's weird it's a weird uh thing to explain because like obviously you put in so much effort into them races that you're like completely done after the weekend then you go like even cycling the day after but you still feel like completely tired yeah but your mind is like not full like snappy it's not yeah. like you're fucking full there it's like you look across a room and two seconds later your vision's like follows yeah it's like such a weird feeling like such weird feeling that probably like yeah people don't uh understand that because like say you it'll be almost harder for like uh for f1 or El moto gp oh, guys dude. i feel like because they go like for 300 sure. case yeah you know what i mean so like you have to have so much focus on like the eyes the breaking points all that shit that like i feel like the days after you'd be like pretty ruined like mentally yeah but people also would not like think about that a little bit until they had actually done it like also say like a motocross rider you wouldn't you'd be like fuck they just drive a car like it's not actually physically so hard but i'm sure if you went and drove that car you couldn't move your neck the next day and your fucking vision's way off because you're like holy shit like that's that's actually mentally tough like they do this shit week in, week out for the, the three days in a row, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like, you probably wouldn't realize how much stuff goes into that. Also, MotoGP, they also on the track uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, they do like a lot of sessions. Sometimes they're on the track for a long time. Yeah. Like, you don't realize uh, how like mentally straining that could probably be because they're like, everything goes fucking two times as fast even like you go do a hot lap or something like that you come back in even to just sit sit straight with no nothing moving i feel like that'd be weird yeah but like you would never know what it's like until you actually did it then they would go be like oh what the fuck i've never done motocross before but then they're like holy shit this is physically so hard on the body but it's less on their brain probably because they're not going so fast so it's like such a similar sport but completely different you know what i mean like or not a similar sport obviously we're on fucking dirt and they're on the tarmac and shit like that no bumps and stuff but like i mean you feel like the moto gp guys are like oh i love to ride motocross for like a training and shit so they kind of understand it and it's like a little bit similar they like to do that for training and stuff but um yeah say for us to go and do something like that would be completely completely different for us well, I, I, like I actually rode Phillip Island uh, like a month or two ago on the road bike. Like I went and did the Ducati thing. Dude. Uh, and before that, like I've, I've been riding a little bit just because of the ambassador thing with Ducati. But um, when I was at the bend mm. with Jack, I actually did a lap with Jack there. Bro, I yeah. cannot tell you yeah. how gnarly it was. Like we did so we did a, essentially we did an outlap 
And then because it was like the main straight, there's like 300 kilometers an hour. So they weren't getting people to do the main straight because they were like, well, the, the average punter like just won't be able to hang on. So then, but Jack was like, no, nah, we'll yeah. do, we'll do like a couple laps. So we did the out lap <laughs> and um, honestly, dude, like three corners in felt like an hour of my mind being blown and we we're probably on the bike for like 20 seconds yeah. like i could not believe yeah. it and the way that he was like throwing the bike into turns the 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 lean angle that you felt like just gravity gone like there was no such thing as gravity yeah. like i yeah, yeah, yeah we went past the point yeah. have you ever done it have you ever been on the back of one of them things no never never i've seen like when i went to the gp they had like the old bikes from like a couple of years ago yeah. and had a seat on the back for like the people to go on it and he said like the the guys like go pretty hard on them to like yeah. scare the people on the back and i was like yeah fuck that'd actually be pretty sick but at the same time like i'm kind of a guy that would like to do it myself because i'm like fuck i have to trust someone else to yeah. uh, to tip it in for me and i'm like oh like a bit nervous on it like for sure i'd like to do it one time like myself it'd be super fun but at the same time I also wouldn't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'd be like scared to cartwheel it or something like that too. You know, like you don't know how to lean, like fucking you sit down everywhere. Don't put your foot out. Nothing would be like completely different. I think on them bikes, you shift down to go up and up to go down. So that'd be fucking super confusing. Like there's a lot of shit that you'd like would never realize that you're like, holy fuck, even just riding like that to shift down to go up you probably go onto the straight and we'll go to click a gear and go down one nearly fucking go out the front door of the thing Leave you know? the so like, back there. it'd be so crazy you do shit yeah exactly so like um i like it'd be super cool to do it one day and like 100 percent, i want to do it but it'd, it'd fuck take it so much time to like even have yeah. the balls to tip it into a turn or something like that you know i actually think that you'd be able to do it way easier than you think like you'd, you definitely there's a few things you kind of need to know like there's a few concepts that are like different to moto but i think once you get a few of those things like you'd pick it up super quick but but like yeah i just yeah. the it was honestly like because if you the way i explained it too if you do a hot lap in a v8 supercar or something like that f1 car would be completely different like you'd sort of enter into a different world there but in like a v8 supercar or just a gt3 car normal race car you kind of can get your head around it you're like i've driven a normal car i can imagine what five times faster feels like in a normal car (laughs) but you can't imagine what a moto gp bike feels like it's not it's not possible like there's nothing nothing that you can do that can mentally prepare you for that and the the thing like i stepped off the bike and jack was he did not give a fuck like he literally said he's like i'm fully prepared to crash so like just just fyi and i was like whoa (laughs) 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 and he was dead serious and like yeah oh that doesn't sound like him eh? nah uh but i I was even thinking, I'm like, how do you know that that's possible? <laughs> like, how do you get to that level yeah. where you've got, because it's dramatic. It's not, it's like where you think that mm. you you should stop leaning a bike, go double that. And that's yeah. what it, that's what it can do. Yeah, so exactly. it's like, 
how do you even do that thing the first time to like realize that that's what you can do but yeah we um so we did this lab and honestly like honest to god i struggled to hang on I've been riding bikes a long time. I legitimately, not trying to be a hero, struggled to hold on. Then we went down the straight. So we did like, I think 287 was our top speed. Like we just arrow wise, we couldn't go any faster. So like, because I'm on the, I'm on the back and above him or whatever. We go, I'll, I'll send you the video. (laughs) We're pegged for like ages dude just wide open top gear down this down the straight and then jack jack goes pretty deep like we almost run off into the gravel because he he was just holding the thing wide and then i had this moment where i was like i have to do this for a whole nother lap and it's like a minute 30 lap time so i'm a pretty fit dude been riding forever I was legitimately in my head worried that I would not be able to hang on for another one minute and 30 seconds. Like just the perspective that that gave me of like what those guys do. But then what's crazy, right? So then I thought about this as well after that. I was like, it's pretty wild that you can get on a bike and experience that. Like, uh, you could go with a top guy like Jack and you could get a sense of what it must feel like. They're going faster again, but we were doing, I think there was one turn we were doing 240 through, through a turn. <laughs> and it's yep. like, most people have never been that fast in a car. Yeah. And, uh, but then yeah, I thought, 100%. I thought about like, imagine a set of whoops like Anaheim three, just the gnarliest, nastiest 20 laps into a main event. Like, it would be the same level of gnarly, like yeah. ridiculous. That doesn't make sense. Like, could you imagine just being the average guy and having a four fifty and being on the like on the back with like Chase Sexton or something like that and going through those whoops? It lasts for probably three, yeah. four seconds, but that that uh, three yeah. or four seconds would feel like the same thing that I felt like. I don't know if I can do this. Like, I don't know if I can hang on to this. Yeah. Yeah, well, they'd be fucking going in <clears throat> thinking like, what the fuck are we riding into here? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously, the whoops would be like cupped out everywhere. There'd be shit fucking going on everywhere. And them guys do it lap in, lap out. Obviously, they have some moments and shit through it. But if it was some, I think even myself, because I'm not like a supercross guy, I like don't ride whoops and shit that often. I'd be like, what the fuck is going on here as well? Um, So in that in that sense, I mean, like they've got so much like, uh, like skill for that is because they do it every day and obviously Supercross is way more important for them to to focus on and I mean like even for myself I'd probably ride into there and be like what the fuck is going on here like yeah I'd look like an amateur going through them whoops you know and it just shows like the different levels of like sports and shit also yeah. going back to like the the driving a car type of thing like hundred percent you feel way more safe driving a car because you're strapped into that thing if you go out the end of the straight you run into the wall or something like that you feel like you're pretty secure like yeah you've got a seat holding you there whatever but like say you go from there to like a moto gp bike or something like that you go on the same speed but you fucking hit that wall you're going flying because you're not strapped 
into the bike or anything like that you know or like say some of them crashes that are, that the MotoGP guys have well it's like, like you see they're going so fucking fast yeah that was huge that was, that huge. was disgusting like, how the fuck <laughs> yeah like how the fuck does that even happen you know like and the what what amazes me with that guy is he can have a crash like that and then you watch three laps later when he goes back into the pit gets a new bike and fucking goes out there and does the same shit again gets sketchy as fuck and like he he just goes for it like it's actually yeah. crazy that you can have that bigger get-offs and be like oh yeah fuck it, sweet i'm i'm good from that one i'll go again like just go push the limit again i mean crashing at that pace and having that huge a crash i'm sure like it's crazy how to me he doesn't like think about like fuck i'm having yeah. big ones like quite yeah. often like i might take it back just a little bit and like yeah not have a big one but like yeah. I'm sure they spent a couple mil that weekend on bikes, eh? Because he was fucking throwing them down the track. But, like, it just blows my mind that he's he can get back on and, like, still push the limit to that extent to be like, oh, I'm fucking going to just go for it again. Like, that's... Um, that's different, That's actually eh? quite impressive to me for him to be able to do that, you know? Like, because I'm sure some of the guys there that would do shit like that, it'd be like, fuck, eh? Like, I'm going to have to back it down a little bit for a, for a while until I get that confidence back to feel like I can go like that again. But he's just fucking off on, off on, going I for think, it. Doesn't I think, I feel the like same that. thing so about Jeffrey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs. Just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Like, when you see some of the crashes that Jeffrey has... And then just gets straight back up and just doesn't give a fuck. You're just like, what? <laughs> what are you up to in there, bro? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's... I mean, it's the same for a few different people and shit, but like also depends on like how you crash and shit like that, you know? Like you can have a huge one and feel like, holy fuck, I was like pretty lucky to get up from that and you're completely fine. Like you yeah. feel, oh fuck, I'm good to go. You can get up, go again. You you tuck the front in a turn and fucking like land wrong on your shoulder or twist your foot or something like that. You're like, oh fuck, I can't ride fast anymore. But it's like crazy to the extent that like you can have a huge one, get up, nothing happened. You can have the smallest crash ever. Sometimes you don't even crash and then you're like, fuck, what am I? I feel like shit now, you know what I mean? Like yeah. can't push the limit, I'm in pain. So it's like crazy to that um to that level i'm sure like if you have a big one you can get up and if you feel completely fine you can just fucking straight go for it again i mean like when you're in that race 
uh, mindset. I feel like the adrenaline's pumping that you don't think about it until after the race anyway. Yeah. You sit there probably after the race and like, fuck, that was a huge one or something like that. But you're like, oh, I feel sweet from it. So it doesn't matter anyway. Where you go have a tiny crash, you get back to the truck. You're like, fuck, I'm feeling that one. I'm sore as like, it's kind of strange well, I, I, how I it works sometimes. But like, yeah. I think too, the ones that like, there's sometimes, I guess, crashes where they're like, uh, where they're predictable in a sense, you know why you crashed. Yep. And I think that if you know why you <laughs> yep. crashed, then it makes it a little bit easier because you feel like you were in control yep. of it. But then you get some crashes where you just don't know what happened. You're like, what did I, I don't think I did anything yeah. wrong. Well, that's been one of the things that's been crazy You're watching on your face before you knew it yeah that they're the ones that i reckon did yeah. your confidence because you're just like what did that just yeah. do like dino in the whoops a couple yeah. weekends ago like he posted a video i talked about it with I, I talked about it with ando actually but he's just like picture perfect dut, yeah. dut, 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 through the whoops and then the thing 90 <laughs> degrees and he just like yeah. I, I wouldn't want to go through whoops again after that i'd be like bro i was doing everything yeah, yeah. perfect and then it spat me for a massive one like that, they would be the ones that would yeah. be hard to get up from, I reckon. Oh, 100%. It'd be like, those guys have like fucking big balls to like go have a cardi through the whoops, get up next lap. They have to go fucking hit them again, same pace, oh. and not be scared of it. Because sometimes it can be like one little mistake, you drop the front too much and it kicks you off or it unsettles your bike. But sometimes you think, fuck, if I had to hit that little bit harder, it probably wouldn't happen yeah but like say even jetson he goes through cardi's the whoops hard like the first couple times when he was young but he still has the balls to go out there and hit him now like obviously everyone crashes in the whoops but he was having fucking big ones like through yeah. the whoops but just getting up and going for it again like you got to be like fuck props to that because <laughs> he's got some balls to just fucking get back up and go through it again peak off everything like ready to go fucking straight into it again so like yeah i mean that's a that's also a different one too is because like in supercross i feel like you you have to be like that otherwise you're not good at it yeah yeah because if you're like scared from casing one triple in or going over the bars in the whoops if you're scared from that you're never going to be good at it because that's like one of the things that's the most important of a supercross track is the whoops so you've got to commit to it otherwise you're fucking never going to be fast at it are you the uh one thing to talk about as well i reckon that people probably don't know when it comes to riding is i think a lot of people mostly think that it it's mostly physical or it's like a physical fitness that you've got to have to like do your 30 minute plus two motos but there was a point last year where i was i actually started doing motos i got like the bar pad timer and i was just like went right i was like i'm just gonna do i started just doing 20 minute motos and then I started doing 20-minute motos decently. And then I was like, oh, I'll try and do a 30. And it's not physically harder than a 20. It's mentally way harder than a 20. Just to keep your mind, like your mind focused and not wandering and like keep your mind on the job and trying to get into like that that kind of flow state. And uh, I was listening to this yep. podcast with um, George St. Pierre, the UFC guy. And um, he was saying that he had this coach that would um, time the reactions 
of different opponents. So like when someone first, when their first uh, hand first moved their opponent to throw a punch, how long it would take the opponent to like react. And he said that he was measured all these yeah, different right. guys. So he had like a full database of everyone in the UFC that had these like reaction times. And then, so yeah, he, um, so it ended up being BJ Penn. So he got beat in the first fight by BJ Penn. I think he got, no, nah, maybe I can't remember the first fight. He just like, didn't do good against this BJ Penn. Right. And, and then Pierre come back to the, um, to his trainer is like, man, he's so much faster than me. He's like, I just can't beat this dude on speed. It was like, he just saw every single punch that I threw coming. So then, yeah, old mate went back, studied the tape, found out he just has this like crazy reaction time compared to, compared to George. So then for the second fight, what he did was he threw heaps of like feints. So like fake punches to make him react. And he basically was said that he wanted to overload his nervous system because it's your nervous system is like the to thing that's him tired that the, way yeah and it slowed him down and then yeah. he said that then they went yeah. back and they broke the fight the second fight down where he won and he he ended up he yeah. was through all these feints and you could just see he got slower and slower and slower through the fight and it made me think about motocross but then it made me think about it in a different way after i started doing those longer rides because i was like what's happening is your nervous system is just getting overloaded especially when you're trying to go fast and you've got stuff that's coming at you and the track's getting rougher and you're trying to pick lines and you know there's there's so much data that is being processed by your brain (laughs) that it just takes like a lot to actually like stay focused and i don't know that i think i just think people talk more about the physical side of it than the mental side of just getting through those long days riding yeah like 100 percent. like i agree with that for sure it's like i don't know even on a level of uh practice compared to race it's completely different because like say when you go practice i feel like your mind you want to get through the moto but like at a constant level, you're pushing enough to be like consistent on the lap times. You want to be smooth. You're not over pushing things. So, I mean, that's like uh, mentally tough to be like, all right, 30 minutes the same every lap, 30 minutes just the same. But then you go to the race, you don't have a choice to go harder yeah. for longer, if you know what I mean. But then you got to focus on like what some other guy's doing. Is he going to come up the inside or go around the outside, like you got to focus about people behind you, sometimes people in front of you to try and make the pass, but you don't have a choice. So I feel like when you're racing, it's almost easier to focus like that because you're like, yeah, you have to do it. Yeah. Where like, say when you are at the practice track, you're not like worried about, oh, this guy's going to pass me. Yeah, maybe someone is faster than your practice track or whatever, but you just slow down to let them pass or whatever or they let you pass like you don't have to think about like the battle situation at the practice track um you don't have to put all your focus on trying to get the best start possible like there's a lot of different factors to um i think the focus point of view compared like from practice to race and it's almost like yeah i try to duplicate as much as i can the practice to the race but at the same time it's so fucking difficult to do that because 
it's a completely different situation that you're you're in you know what i mean like you go to the practice track you practice starts but there's not 30 other guys next to you that are also like revving the bike at the same time you can also mm. do it with two other guys three other guys but it's just generally not the same feeling because it's it's completely different like you don't have 30 different bikes revving so you can actually hear your own bike rev you don't have the feeling that like if you get a shit jump someone's going to drop like chop you straight away Mm. there's like so many different things you have to think about like uh because you can go to the practice track do like 30 good starts and you're like fuck i'm ripping starts today Mm. but then you go to the race you make one slight mistake off the gate or as soon as you hit the dirt and there's someone else's bars in front of you or they're leaning on your side so they like cut you off you can't do anything but shut the gas a little bit and then you're you're like way behind Mm. so like i feel like um in that side of things it's like quite quite tough to duplicate but um like you say like i agree 100 percent with what you're saying is like the focusing is is also a a point where i think people would look past even i think uh riders and trainers and stuff like that now would also look past that because it's not something that's like thought about often you know what i mean it's like you should be expected to just fucking focus the whole time and and do it yeah um so i feel like maybe yes not so many people think about that but um at the same time it's like a yeah 100% it's a really important thing to be able to hold your focus for that long and even like um say like the pressure of the last few laps of not I feel like you get all the way through the race and then the last two laps you're like fuck don't make a mistake because yeah you will lose a spot or you lose time and depending on how close the guy is you think so much about the end result when the race isn't even finished yet because you're like fuck if I make a mistake he's like right on me or if I need to do super laps to be able to pull a gap on him and be comfortable to finish the race like like in front of this guy yeah and to be honest I feel like um for us it's a little bit yeah like I hate to be going back and forth between like us and like MotoGP and F1 but like they also it'd be more difficult for them because the time is so much less uh like there's not so many factors that can like fuck up their lap as much as us like if you don't hit a jump maybe you lose two seconds you fuck up a rut you go out the track or something like they're more on the limit because they have to be more precise to not lose a hundredth of a second yeah because the guy's like fucking 200 behind them you know so you can go from like being second in the race to fifth because you fuck up one turn uh on moto gp you know where like in in motocross you can afford to make a mistake sometimes obviously it's the same sometimes if there's a group of people that are like fucking within five seconds five people but it's very rare that that's like happening Mm. unless um like because there's normally like someone will get a start pull a lead like a little bit it's a little bit more spread out so like i feel like you have more time to think about that sort of shit and like in the end of the day i think that's also losing focus is being able to think about that shit while you're actually riding Mm. um where if you're fully focused until the last lap you wouldn't think about anything like that how's the um yeah it's quite a hard one to say 
Yeah, no, dude. How's the 450 add, like, element add into that? Like, is it is it a bigger step than people think to go from a 250 to a 450? And I reckon, I don't know, like, Europe seems like it's probably the place where it would be maybe the hardest jump to make, just, like, way longer motos, um, and it seems like a kind of deeper field there too. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a big step for for anyone. Like, obviously, I've looked forward so many years to ride a four fifty because I'm a bigger guy. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh more tough. Like you, the bike, it's weird because it's like, uh, it's not so much heavier, but it fuck it feels a lot heavier. Like the inertia yeah. of the bike, everything is a lot different compared to a two fifty and stuff like that. Um. And like, yeah, you have to be a little bit stronger to ride a 450. You feel that it's harder to hang on to for that amount of time. And you, it's like so much more power under you that like it's even like more difficult to hold on to out of the turns. Like you try wheelie a bump or something like that. If you grab too much throttle, you like get a little <laughs> bit out of shape and it's like, fuck. There's a lot, a lot of power there to play with. But like you also got to keep it under control and then you have that bike that you got to then ride for like 35 minutes as well. So you don't want to have like too much power that you're like, fuck, I can't hang on to that thing for 35 minutes. And then you can't have too less because you want to also power for the start. So it's like a weird, um, a weird balance of like, that's more what I'm like trying to learn this year is like, uh, the setup of the bike and how I want to ride it a little bit because like with the 250 they just get every single bit of horsepower out of them as they can and try and make them as yeah, light as no, they can. it's a no-brainer, eh? Go, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but you get someone to make a full-spec 450 engine, I'm sure everyone's like, what the fuck is that thing? I'm not going to ride that. <laughs> yeah. Because it's way too much power, you know? You like you need a rideable power for your style of riding, I guess. It's like a weird way to say it, but everyone has a different style and then there's people that like more power off the bottom and no power at the top so like they run out and then it's just easier for them to ride it like that but then you have also people that like a smooth power that goes all the way and it's like yeah if you put it too much it feels like it's way too aggressive and if you don't put it enough you feel like you're just riding a fucking heavy bike around that's like yeah yeah, not enough power to it so like it's a real fine line um i feel like to get it set up for like your full style of riding like and that's kind of the biggest learning thing for me this year is to be able to like uh find that place where it's like happy medium yeah so how how have you gone about that so far um so like with the with the cowie i like it it's pretty good standard you know what i mean um so um we have just a few things on the bike now that's like gives it that little bit more but it's also enough um and we also have good suspension uh we have a good suspension tuner and we get factory tires and stuff like that so we've got like a real good package i mean i feel like on a 450 you don't need so much more than that and that's why i think like this class is so competitive now too is because like say obviously the factory teams and stuff like that they have their upper hand on 
really really new shit that's coming out or something like that that not that many others have but with a 450 side of things you can have like a privateer sort of team and have a bike that's good enough and fast enough to be competitive um so uh i feel like that's why the the classes here also really stacked and shit like that at the moment is because like you can be a guy that's on like a satellite team and have such good equipment that you can be competitive with the factory guys um so like in a way that's like a really cool thing um it makes for like yeah better racing and shit like that and better opportunities you know there's so many um so many good guys now and there's not so many seats available anymore so like it's good that there's able to be like competitive a way to be competitive from yeah yeah there's like a way to be super competitive and like have the same sort of level as someone else as well because like even the non-factory teams now most of them also have a physical trainer uh on bike trainer yeah uh we have the equipment to do good so it's not like they have something that you don't have um maybe it's something like on their bike or in their bike that they have that you don't but like i said before on a 450 it's not that important that you like you know that you're missing out on that it's like you yeah you can be content exactly with what you have because you're like fuck i can be competitive with this it's like um yeah i did the whole off season like testing a lot of shit and and stuff like that and trying to find like what kind of way i wanted to go with the bike uh power wise and i always kind of went back to like the feeling of like the stock power because that's just the way i like to ride it you know um and yeah like we went to the first round and i was like quite competitive with that bike so um i was like a little bit like confirmation like oh fuck like this yeah, is cool yeah yeah that we've got like this with this setup and i can still be like super competitive and i feel good the team's fucking working good we're like getting everything out of it and like yeah you can still obviously go further and like i feel like i could be more competitive um but they're just yeah it's cool that that sort of shit can then can actually happen like being in this position where i am and i'm like super happy with where i am um now and um at the moment like obviously i've been struggling a little bit and that's from like still the second round i had like a like i didn't even crash i ran into like i crashed but it wasn't like a big one i ran into like a steel pole on the side of the track like where they have all the banners i smashed my shoulder on that like real hard because like i kind of like washed my front on the bank before it so my feet come off the pegs and i like had nowhere to go and i was already off balance and i just smashed it like straight on with my shoulder and like yeah it's kind of weird i've been struggling with that the last couple of rounds and like for me it's um it's quite hard for me to like accept the fact that like where i am at the moment Mm. with the with the results and shit because like the first round obviously went super well um and like kind of like surprised everyone and everything like that everyone was super happy at the team but now you have like a small injury um it's like 
it's weird because I don't have any pain like with my shoulder, but I've like I lose strength always with it. Yeah, yeah. So it's super weird, and I can ride like the first fifteen minutes super competitive, and then after like one lap, just drops off, and I'm like, fuck, I can hardly ride anymore. Like especially the way I want to. So that's like super frustrating, and like even even I feel like from the outside in, even looking or for like a random person watching, they'd be like, oh, what the fuck's going on? You know, like. So for me, that's like pretty hard to um, to handle at the moment. Like I know that I've got good fitness. I know like my speed's good. I've showed like good speed and everything, but it's like getting past this point that I'm like getting back to competitive. Um, like I'm, I'm super keen to get back there and like be 100% again because like I believe that I can do like real good things in the 450 class. It's just crazy like i was saying before how competitive it is so you have one small issue and you can't be like nowhere near as competitive what you feel like you can be where like in the 250 class you can be like a little bit off but still be competitive where like yeah now there's so many good guys like i said in the 450 class it's stacked so you can be like off five percent and there's fucking dudes that are like yeah on it every weekend you know so like that's the that's quite difficult for me to accept at the moment is like yeah trying to be able to handle that like yeah the first 15 minutes i'm still fast enough but i just can't fucking hang on for the whole race to be able to like fight for where i should believe that i should finish Mm. um so that frustrates me quite a lot in the moment but like um i'm sure like yeah i'm not i'm definitely not the only person that's gone like through something like that so i mean i'm kind of trying to be patient at the same time as being like i will be back there telling myself that i'm going to be back there and like yeah reassuring myself that i will be and just like getting past this point because i know like if i do go there get like a top 10 that starts off and then you get like a top five i fucking forget about what these races like what i got at these races completely forget about it but in the time you're like fuck this is like the shittest time Mm. and like i'm not used to getting past so much or something like that so you're like fuck what is it what's going on but like two months down the track if you're getting good results again you're like oh fuck like remember that shit that was like fucking weird that i was doing or like weird that was happening so you completely forget about like what kind of happened you know what i mean like and, and a clear example of that is like i always watch jack now at moto gp fuck the weekend before he was like 14th in argentina or something the next yeah. weekend he's second like and i'm 100 sh- percent sure no one even thinks about that he got 14th the weekend before that or his teammate was also struggling that weekend they completely forget about that weekend the weekend after they're fucking bang back on top again so like it's quite strange how like the mentality of also other people works as well as your own you know what i mean like i'm sure like he completely forgets about that race as well because he's like yeah what the fuck am i going to think about that for but like for me the hardest part was it's coming in week in week out and like i feel like i wasn't getting so much strength back between the weekends because it was like weekend 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 and i didn't really get time to like rest yeah, and shit like yeah. that too so I feel like this weekend off and stuff like that as well. So also going to be a benefit for me. So hopefully everything's like coming back to the point where I'm like, I feel like I want to be, you know? 
Yeah. And I also, like I said, keep saying to myself that, like, I'm not even going to remember this shit when I'm at the end of the year. If I'm getting good results again and shit like that, I'm like, oh, fuck, I completely forget about that shit. It's not even in my mind anymore to even, like, lose energy to think about it. But, like, that's super tough at the time, like I said, when you're in it to, like, not think about it. But anyway, we're trying to get past it and... I'm sure it only takes like one good result to be fucking back and and feel good again on the bike. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to the next couple of races and shit to like because I'm super hungry to get back there. Like I'm just thinking always like I want to be back there. Yeah. And just to make it happen, like I'm kind of the person that won't fucking stop until I feel content with where I should be at again. You're yeah, you're just the kind of guy where you're holding a double-edged sword to your own throat where it's like you're so competitive and that competitive nature and the hunger and the desire and the belief that you've got is what pushes you to be able to get top five in the fastest motocross class on the planet but then that same hunger desire competitive that can also fuck you over when you get into this situation yeah. that that you're in now you know yeah. because you're in a hole yeah. and then the men- the same mentality that drives you forward is also the same mentality yeah. that's like digging your own grave in when you're in this situation you exactly, know yeah. so yeah. you've just got to have perspective i mean we kind of text about it the other day but it's like i i always think about things now as net positive or net negative so it's like when all the yeah. sums over a 12 month, you know, like it's business over a 12 month period, you're going to lose money one month. Yeah, yeah. You're going to make money the next. You're going to lose yep. money for three months. You're going to make way more money than you've ever made. Yeah. The like as long as it that yeah, levels exactly. out to be a net positive. It balances out. Yeah. And I think that, you know, like you're just in this position where I reckon you've just got to be like if genuinely there's nothing you can do for your shoulder. Like if you, if there's no, if you're doing everything, if there's yeah. no stone being left unturned at some point, yeah. you just got to take your fucking hands off the wheel and cut yourself a bit yeah. of slack and not, yeah, yeah. you know, like not yeah. beat yourself up because like you've, you've, that's yeah. the, that happened. You've doing the best shit you can to deal with it. And then, you know, you will be back. And exactly what you said, like I pretty much try and have a rule in my life if I won't be mad at something in two years from the day it happened, then I won't be mad at it at all <laughs> because there's yeah, so much like that's yeah bullshit I've carried around in my life before where I've like let something piss me off and then I'm like, will I be mad at this in two fucking years? Absolutely yeah. no chance. So like what would be the point? Yeah. That's where I'd look at it as like this is like whatever I'm holding on to in this moment because there's definitely stuff that if it happened to you right now in two years time you'd look back and be fucking off it still like that's definitely a possibility but that is like the smallest percentage of things that actually piss you off so yeah I just think I just think you're at a point where like yeah you've got to you got to really believe in yourself of like all right I've done everything I can to like get this now i've just got to kind of ride it out because and then bro imagine 
like you should be so grateful that you had that result because could you imagine going through this shoulder bullshit if you got 15th at the first round you'd be fucking off it yeah so like the fact that you actually yeah 100% you've already proved to yourself that you can do it you know imagine if you had to go through this without the knowledge that you can do what you can do yeah like it's i mean that's also it's like a i don't know like it's that's the hardest point too because you know you can do that like straight and then you're like fuck i'm not doing that so like it's a bit of a mix between like i should be there and shit like that but also like i was having a conversation with uh, mark about it the other day too is like i think the reason why i'm kind of like that and i want shit to happen and i have so much drive to do it is because like when when you're someone from here or something like that Mm. it it doesn't really matter if you if you feel shit or you like yeah yeah you don't have the motivation anymore because you can just go two hours home and go whenever you want and then i said like i don't really have that opportunity i'm more like fuck i want to be here make the most out of every day that i'm here because I also don't want to go home and be like, oh, fuck, I wish I'd have, like, trained harder that, that day. Oh, I wish I did more motos mm-hmm. that year. Or, like, I want to give everything while I'm here. Because, like, yeah, like you say, not many people get the opportunity to even come here and to, like, stick it out and shit. So, I'm like, yeah, fuck it. I moved my whole life from Tasmania. Like, I moved away from mum and dad. I moved away from my brother first two years i moved away from my girlfriend or three and then now she's here so i mean like i've got way more drive and like i wouldn't say like more on the line because i'm obviously here by my choice yeah but i just don't want to go home and have like shit dangling in my head like fuck you didn't give enough effort then or you didn't do it the right way or you didn't give a hundred percent because like I just fucking wake up every day and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to give 100% to be the best I can because I don't want to go home having that feeling that you're like, oh, I could have done way more, yeah. but I just didn't have the the drive to do it or, or the motivation to do it. I mean, like, I want to go home, be content with what I've done, always here, and then make the most out of it because, like, this is the sort of shit, like, that when I was, like, six, seven years old that I dreamed to do that I was like sitting at home like reading like magazines of people that were like fucking killing it in Europe and always AMA and shit like that and then you look now it's so weird that you would like don't realize that you're in that position yeah uh because it doesn't feel like you're in it you know what I mean yeah I'm sure if you told me when I was 10 years old that I'd be here racing in the MXGP and stuff like that I would have thought you would joking because like i was so far away you know i was in tasmania like we had not so much there um but now that you're actually in it you i I never really sit down and actually think about it sometimes it does like i say i'm on a flight to to one of the races and i'm listening to music and shit like you're in the zone a little bit you look out the window and you're like what the fuck i'm actually like i'm flying in like on the way back from Italy the other day, I'm flying in the Italian Alps. You see all these fucking mountains full of snow and shit. And you're like, oh, I'm actually, I'm actually here doing this shit. Like, yeah, fuck, I'm super grateful for it, you know, like, and yeah, 
because you don't see that as like you dream of it always of a child and then you're in the position you're like fuck like you're just giving it 110 percent because you're actually in that position but i'm sure like if i'm 35 i go home and i'm like holy fuck that was pretty cool like yeah. that i tried everything i could to be the best that i could at what i always dreamed of doing and then like the the whole part too is like you want to <clears throat> you want to also uh make like say your family and shit proud mm. because of how much you sacrificed to not be there mm. like say i haven't been there since i was like 18 so obviously my mum and dad ross everything they miss a lot of shit that like a normal family probably would get to see their kid grow up but like mm-hmm. my mum and dad probably haven't seen that they get to see me every year i go home but they're like holy fuck he's been from like a 17 year old kid that i've had to do everything for him then i go home and i'm like 24 years old now and my mum's like fuck he's a completely different man i would say mm-hmm. now that she hasn't seen for the last oh like six six years nearly like um you also want like that part that they're also proud of like and you want to make you've it worth become it. and what you've done yeah 100 percent. like the the yeah the time away i mean it's um i mean it's like a different difficult one to explain because like yeah we didn't have that much and shit like that and they put everything they possibly could their last fucking dollars into like trying to help me and ross be successful and do whatever we can or what we want to do and like for sure 100 percent. if anyone asks them are they proud they say 100 percent, yes hands down but you know deep down that you want to give everything regardless whether they're proud or not because you they missed uh some parts of like your life that they're like fuck i thought when they had children that they'd always be a part of it you know and they miss that six years that they're like holy fuck like and i'm sure when when your racing career is done and and everything like that you probably look back on it like fuck like it's weird i didn't spend six to ten maybe 12 years even seeing my family that much because of what i dreamed of as a kid to go and achieve that you know what i mean you probably finish up and you're like fuck like i'm way older now my parents are way older now yeah we didn't get to do a lot of shit that most normal families do uh so it's like yeah it's when you think about it like that deep it's quite strange to think about but like in the end that's what kind of drives me a lot too which i feel like is like cool to talk about a little bit like most people probably think it's like oh you fuck you live the dream you do all this it's not yeah you are living your dream but it because you always dream to do it yeah like not many people see the, the 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 sacrifices that you generally have to make to go and live your dream they just think oh you fucking living the dream it's super easy but like the the i wouldn't say it's a cost too because you obviously have the opportunity to do what you want to do and in the end of the day you have the choice oh, i'm gonna fucking pack my shit and go try do everything i can and make myself happy and do whatever but in the end you've got also people that are generally 
care about you that also want you to do well and like you want to make them proud all that shit that's like yeah, it also comes at a cost because like you generally as a person uh like i see here all the kids that race their family goes to the races with them every weekend mm. and like normally if my parents did live here they probably would come every weekend but like because they're not like it feels um i don't know not, not like weird but i'm like oh it's strange i always think like oh fuck it's strange that these kids are like 20 20 years old but their parents still come to the races with them like every yeah. weekend but i'm like fuck it's so so weird because even in australia like my parents they moved back to tasmania and stuff when i was like living with ross at a point and um so they weren't at every race anyway so like i was kind of used to it but it's like strange to see it here because i was like oh fuck if mum and dad were here i would like to bring them to every race and like they'd see mm. a lot of shit and have a good time you know but it's like um yeah it's like kind of weird feeling like yeah holly and i now we have like our own little we're like a little family kind of thing mm. it's like we've both moved to the other side of the world so we see like the point of uh yeah we both made such huge sacrifices that we're like well we've got to be always happy together live it up do as much as we can because like yeah you don't know yeah what can happen whenever or whatever i mean you just fucking got to enjoy it while you can do it and then try and make the people that you made the sacrifices to proud because in the end of the day they're they're the people that are probably going to miss you the most mm. and like i think i think we as children younger children don't understand how much you would miss your own kid until you had kids yeah um because like yeah as a parent you would probably grow up doing every single thing for your kid like you live and breathe for your kid then and like i can see that from like friends now that have had kids and stuff like that their whole perspective on life like kind of changes mm -hmm. and like for that i think uh when you don't have kids and shit yourself you never really think about that as well but like i'm sure your parents like sitting at home like fuck you'd probably know that they're sitting there thinking about you sometimes like oh fuck we actually miss mm. seeing our kid but like for me you don't think about it that much because you're so busy going racing you're so busy doing this shit that it, and like always keeping on top of like being at your best level that you can be that it's like i don't know it doesn't really hit that much that you think about it it's more that like it just comes like one off every now and then that you're like fuck it's pretty pretty tough for them mm. as well as like as well as me being away but like i'm busy doing what i'm doing so i don't probably think about it as much as what they would because mm -hmm. they're like always watching my races every weekend they're up at like three in the morning watching they like live and breathe for it they're super proud but at the same time too you're like yeah fuck because of that reason and like you know they're watching always and shit like that that you're like fuck i just want to make them as proud as i can possibly make them because it's a fucking long road to even get here and then to like try and stay as long as you can and be content with yourself as well it's like a huge weight on your shoulders that you just like want to do the best you can possibly do man i, I honestly like i can relate so much because i 
Yeah, I mean, for 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 starters, the um the regret that you can feel for like not doing everything that you could do is real because I left America. Like I got yeah. so lucky. So I fucked around pretty much the whole time that I was in America. Like I was trying and I, I just, I guess I was just too young and I just didn't know. I just didn't know where to put all my time in, in a, in a sense, you know, like I kind of just, I'd lack direction. I didn't have experience. And then personally I wasn't nowhere near developed and it was just, I had no money. So that also, fuck shit up and then because i don't come from money there was no <laughs> yeah. like there was no one to give you like there was no way to get more money you know yeah. like you could only earn it yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh so like it was a really it was a really strange time and i mean i was over there kind of like trying to make it happen and i just i just thought it was a given that i'd be there like i got there i was doing my thing i had a lot of great people a lot of friends over there and i, I like started building my shit and i was like oh this is sweet like i'll i'll be i'll figure this out eventually and i just didn't yep. like the rug got pulled out from underneath me and it was like back to australia and man it was like almost 10 years and that shit went so quick and honestly like when you said you know your parents are getting older that's what really fucks you up when you get off the plane and then you look at your dad and your dad just got like white hair and you're like what cunt (laughs) like wait when did you get old as fuck <laughs> and then you see your yeah, mom yeah. and then and then you're around him and they're like ah my knees are sore we don't really do this and ah no and you're like man you're like you're old now like you're getting old and i've been yeah. fucking around yeah. in america i've missed blink of an eye and i've just missed so much stuff and i've like yeah. i've missed this time with my family and and like me and my mum are real close and like I could see there was like points in time where she was just like almost giving me terrible advice just so I would come home, you know, yeah. like you could kind of tell yeah, how yeah. much they miss you by the way that they're like, they don't, and they almost didn't care that I got fucking, they got ejected, you know, like, cause they, they want yeah. that, that yeah. time with you. So yeah, man, like I honestly yeah. can relate, relate so much. And I, I think it's pretty cool that you've got that perspective like i definitely didn't have it until it was too late i just got so lucky that the podcast started after that like you know it ended up being the best thing that i've ever kind of done um but yeah like i definitely come home with that those regrets and i was kicking myself you know because there were so many times where i wasn't giving it my best i was just having fun like fucking around you know and Yeah, like I said, it yeah, worked well, out in the end, but yeah, it was definitely I didn't didn't do everything I could have done. Yeah, like I mean, in the end of the day, I'm super lucky that like Ross was like um he was quite tough on me and in the end of the day, I'm like super grateful for that now. Um because I mean, he knows kind of he was so much older than me. He's like uh 7 years older than me. And like, he's always kind of learned before me, if you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. because of such age difference, he was like doing other shit as I was like super young. So he could kind of like always give me advice on that sort of shit. And I mean, at a point 
he moved away from Tasmania, so it was only me, mum and dad at home, and he lived in Victoria, and he was trying to race under-19s and stuff like that, and being, like, super competitive there, learning so much in life and all that shit. So, like, when I was at then that age where I needed to take it serious, he knew that I needed to take it serious, otherwise nothing was going to happen. And, um, like, now looking back at it, I'm kind of like super grateful for that because um, he's the one that's kind of been like, you, if you go to Europe, you know it's going to be tough, but you can't go there and fuck around mm. because you come straight home. And in the end of the day, I kind of come here with that mindset that I'm like, yeah, well, I, I can't fuck around. I can't go and have fun when I want to, I don't really have any friends here and shit like that And anyway at the start. So I may as well put every fucking day into like getting better and trying to give myself opportunities and do that shit. But I'm lucky that he's there to tell me all that shit. Otherwise I go with an, a blank page, you know, and then just like have to learn all that shit by myself the whole way through it. Where like he already taught me a lot of that shit before I even went, which kind of helped out in the long run anyway which like, like I say, I'm super grateful for because like, um, you never know what could have been if I wasn't like prepared for it or if I wasn't told that I need to actually fucking go there and give it 110% instead of just a hundred because, uh, you'll be coming home in one year if you don't fucking pull your finger out. So like it's in a way it was shit to like kind of hear that because you're like oh do you believe in me or do you not believe in me but mm. he's just saying the hard truth of that you need to hear because he doesn't he's only doing it because he cares about me so much that he don't want want to see me go back to australia he wants to see me here being competitive and putting 100 percent effort in so like i was real lucky in that sense so um yeah like like i said i can't really like say uh, anything but good things about that for sure because my dad is wasn't a person to to like push us ever yeah, like yeah. we get like I could, I could travel from Tasmania to Queensland with him and then pull in mid-race and say oh fuck I don't want to race anymore like I'm a bit <laughs> bored over it whatever and he's like oh yeah fuck, no stress and just put the bike in the van and ross will oh race God. so you can just watch him like he's super <laughs> relaxed you know yeah like doesn't care where there were some people that would be like nah we've drove from fucking one end of the country to the other you're going out there you're riding you fucking doing what i say he was never like that which was like super cool uh for us in a way that we could just like yeah get away with anything but he was like spending his last dollar to go there and mum and dad were spending all their money to go there for us but didn't give a fuck if I actually like mm. raced or not they just cared whether I was having a good time obviously Ross was way more serious about it so like they would then put all their focus on him and shit like that so it was good but um I also think there's a point where you need to be pushed a little bit to really uh get the best out see of like where you can go exactly yeah like so ross knew where he could push me and knew what to say uh like at the right times and shit obviously because he's my brother and he knows like more than anyone else so that's um that was like kind of a good thing but like you see sometimes there's old boys out there that push like way too hard 
for for what you know like i mean the kid's still fucking 10 years old and they're getting pumped into the ground because they they had one shit race obviously because he's spending a lot of money and stuff like that to go racing but i feel like in one way it's not really the way to do it um a kid's a kid you know you gotta make sure they have fucking fun while they're doing it so like um for us growing up like that's probably the best thing that could have happened was to for our old mm. boy to be just super chill and not really care that much about that type of stuff because like as long as we were having fun and burning fuel and fucking had a smile he was pumped up he was fucking stoked on it so in a way like for sure it's like um i find motocross like such a good thing because it's if i look back on it now it kept us away from all the shit uh mm. that happens sometimes in just general life so of course our parents spent like a lot of their money and a lot of their time and effort but where i think anyway we turned out to be decent kids and oh yeah yeah obviously they taught us to chase our chase our dreams and do whatever and obviously ross is doing well for himself doing what he's doing now and and stuff like that so I mean, motocross is probably the thing that made us who we are and, like, what we do in life um, taught us a lot away from actually racing and shit too, just in general life. I mean, when I come here, I was probably, like, pretty immature and shit like that, but, fuck, I had to grow up quick when I was 18 because I was living on the other side of the world. I had to do so much shit that I wasn't used to doing and stuff like that. So, I mean, in a way, if it wasn't for motocross, I probably would have been way more immature, didn't know as much as what I know in life now at this age compared to what I would have learned at probably at a later stage if I was just content with staying home and doing what I was doing, if you know what I mean. So, I mean, in a way, like, I think the sport is such a good thing for, for like, people to be, like, into, you know what I mean? It's, like, yeah, such a cool thing. You can go to a race and as a kid you don't care what you come you like stoked to go to the fucking track with all your friends yeah and just get your mates go and race there. all your mates yeah. and stuff like that yeah like it's such a cool thing when you're such a young kid to do that shit and i think like yeah you play up at the track you fucking get in trouble you do all that shit still at the track but at least it's like a controlled environment and shit like that there's people around to pull you mm. in line when when you're out so it's um I mean, it's a cool sport and in the end of the day, I think it's like one thing that's like uh, been super cool for our family to even do that when we were young and even though it's like fucking expensive, like um, there's not that many sports these days that aren't expensive anyway. So, I mean, the way that you get uh, general life skills and shit like that out of it, I think it's it's awesome. Yeah, and man, like to to think... To think, like, if you never raced another race again, to think about, like, what you achieved individually from where you guys started in Tassie is, like, mind-blowing. Yeah. You know, think about all the people that you're on the line with. Think about, you know, all the, you know, the races and motos that you've won and the podiums that you've been on and the teams that you've raced for and the you know the bonus checks that you've got it's just like holy fuck for a kid to come from you know a house in tassie that 
didn't have electricity, you know, to get to that level is just like, yeah. that is psycho to, to achieve, you know, that level. And then, you know, to add in that on most of that time, like you just done it yourself. And when you move to another country and you've got no real mates, like, you know, people, but they're not your friends in terms of like, yeah. I mean, for me, I've got fucking 10 friends really if i count it out like the real close people that are like super tight i talk to them every day you know so it's like you move to the a different country man most of the time's just spent in your own head because it's the only fucking person that you can talk to you know oh yeah 100 percent. like for sure there's no way i got like here on my own that's 100 percent because like yeah ross and my mum and dad were fuck such a huge part of it and also now holly is such a huge part of it because um yeah you need someone you know what i mean you can never do something like this alone that's a fucking fact i could 100 percent say that is like you need someone because like you said when you're in them times in your own head you, you need someone to fucking talk to and and whether that be yeah ross holly anyone you need someone like that um just to get shit out you know it's um i feel like if you hold stuff in way too long like it just creates bigger problems and sometimes you just need to get shit out so like there's i haven't done it alone i mean i've been here at times alone but there's no way i've done it alone so like um i'd be like nowhere without them 100 percent. so um yeah that's like one thing that i fully uh see my perspective on is like yeah i mean i'm alone at times i was alone but now i'm not and like i'm glad super glad about that and that you have like them close friends and shit that you could like talk to but also like since i've left australia there's people that i've that i used to talk to every day that also that you don't really have a relationship with anymore i don't know why that is it's like the time difference is also a huge thing but at the same time it's um yeah like when you're not in that area you don't hear from the friends that you used to hear from before and also like if you say i'm here super busy with racing and shit like that it's super hard to check in always because like yeah you're so stressed about like oh i've got to go do training i've got to go get my shit ready i've got to do this so by the time it's like one o'clock in the evening you're like can settle down a little bit you finish your training you had lunch you you can talk to people do shit again they're all fucking sleeping Mm. and then you they wake up in the morning and you're like at night like pretty chill on the couch or whatever but they're starting their day they don't want to sit up get up get straight on the phone and talk they're starting their day so it's like quite difficult to keep in contact always and that's like one of the hardest things about like the the friend thing is like you kind of have to make friends here to be able to keep in the circle of like, oh, I've got yeah. friends and shit that I can talk to all the time and stuff like that. Because like at home, I've got super cool friends that I can ring and I haven't spoken to them for a full year. And it feels like I've spoke to them yesterday and that we can have a complete normal conversation and be full. Like, oh, what's been going on? Like, fuck, feels like you've talked to them every day for the last year yeah. but you haven't said a single word. Like, I got friends like that and that's super cool to sort of still have that as well because I know that like deep down they're definitely the friends that you always can rely on you know what I mean like mm-hmm. 
there's not that many of them, but for sure you can always fucking rely on them, which is like pretty cool as well because you know they're busy, they know you're busy, so you don't really give a fuck if you don't talk every day or not. There's um uh that's like a pretty cool or important thing for me because like I also love it when uh when I get someone from Australia that comes over because mm. like say if I have one of my mates that want to come see Europe or something like that it's fucking awesome because like you want them to come to your house you want to see them and shit you want to speak all the time but then you also feel shit sometimes because they come all the way to Europe to like travel but then they come and then they stay at your house and then they're like oh fuck this is pretty sick too like just chilling and hanging out all the time and then they probably go home and they're like fuck I didn't really see anything of Europe, but I went and had yeah. a good time. But it's like so sick when someone comes and does that because like I'm super like relaxed. I want to fucking chill and, and have fun, take them around to like some of the cities and shit that's cool around here and have a good time. It's like, I don't know, you feel like you want to do something all the time. Then it's like, it's yeah. weird when you don't have an Australian person. Like obviously Holly, she's, she's fucking like, yeah, the one that I'm always with but like when we both get another Australian person like we're both like oh this is fucking sick you know like haven't had someone Aussie around our area for so long that we just like both get pumped up about it and it's pretty cool so um yeah that's fucking like nice when someone like that not long long ago had like uh one of my good friends that I used to ride with in Victoria he come over for a bit and he watched uh, Madalie and Mantova and then flew home. Sick. And he was like planning to do a lot more traveling and shit, but he, he ended up coming always back to uh, to like my house instead of like staying. But we're having like a good time and shit. So, I mean, in one way, I think if he, if he come over and was like, oh, fuck, I want to go to check out like Italy or something like that when he was in Mantova that he was like, oh, I also want to go to the track and, like, watch and, and yeah. like, talk with everyone and have a good time. So it's, like, real hard balance. I mean, if you were just coming solely for a holiday, I think it'd be easier. But, yeah, he was, like, into motocross and shit too. So he wanted to watch a race and come to the pracky track and shit like that. So, like, when you have someone like that, it's pretty cool. It'd be, like, fucking mad to have someone like that, like, full-time, but that's never going to happen. It's... um maybe another kid that comes over racing or something that you can like look after yeah. or something like that'd be pretty sick like i mean in the end of the day i want to try to be able to do something like that too is to help um help some kids come over because like we have super good talent in australia but it's like they don't see a little bit what it takes or something like that until it's too late mm. or until they're like oh fuck that's a big step do i want to do that or do i not want to do that it's like if you can have some kid over here at like 14 years old and do like a 125 race have a setup for him like a van and a couple bikes or something like that something that he can like experience it then you have people that are obviously like they want to come to europe and shit like that instead of like wanting to go to america always because i feel like when you're in australia you watch ama always it's a better time it's a, everything's so much easier and they don't really watch GPs that much or anything like that. But it's super cool how they run it here is like the GPs still do long motos for the one, two, five kids. And like that's somewhere that you don't really have that anywhere in the world mm. at the moment is like, even in America, they have that amateur stuff, but it's like four or five lap sprints and shit. 
and they have like the 25 plus two motos here for the one, two, five kids and stuff like that. So, I mean, you don't really know, uh, what way you want to go until you come and do it. So, I mean, I feel like that'd be a cool thing to do for, for some kids to come over and check it out. And I mean, in a way the, the, um, everything like the sport and stuff like that, I feel like is growing in Australia at the moment and there's more people getting into it and like obviously now they've got way better tv coverage and shit like that again um so that like that's only steps in the right direction i mean for the younger kids that are like trying to come i guess and like to be honest i feel like it's just a thing of actually just coming and doing it and Mm. getting your name a little bit like getting your name out there and your feet a little bit wet to see what it's like um because that's kind of what I did at the start. If I had done it again, I would have done it a little bit better, like organized a little bit better. But I, like the time I come, I didn't have much time to organize it and do anything. But I just did one EMX race and then went home. And like, it was so weird. Like you come and you see how it's all set up and you're only racing EMX, but you're on the same track as them guys. You get to watch the MXGP race. You get to watch MX2 mm. race you get to watch everything you're like fuck this is pretty sick this whole setup like and for me to be able to see that when i come here it was like mind-blowing for us all me ross and i had one of my good mates come as well and we're all like fuck this is sick like it doesn't look like this when you when you are watching from a home or something like that so like that's the part of where you just want to come do it see how it is if you like it or if it's fucking mind-blowing like it was for us you like want to go back always and i feel like if I'd done it a different time, I would do it where I could do like a couple races in a row. Um, and you can stay a little bit, ride the practice tracks and shit here. Maybe do like a local race that's in like Holland. They're called the Dutch masters and shit just to see like the different level of, Mm. of competitiveness around Europe. I feel like that's why we don't get so much the opportunity because there's so many good dudes at young ages here that are just like, always on the list or always known because they're good on a one, two, five or something like that, where we have like, yeah, we say, Oh, this guy's good in MX two, but where, where does he stack up when he comes here? And it's Mm. like, they didn't come here at a young age to be like, Oh, I battled with this kid and I battled with that kid to be able to like establish themselves as like to go straight into a good ride. You have to come here go on like a lower satellite ride and then prove ourselves. So like, I think like in the end, that could be the biggest uh, improvement we could do for like getting more Australians and shit like that over. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, it, it, uh, and I think the world's a smaller place than what people make it out to be sometimes too, you know, like, yeah, Yeah. you just, you get a bike and then you get on a plane and then you go race and then you come Mm -hmm. home it's kind of like it's yeah yeah, it's a big deal but i mean it's just like any other plane ride that you'd go to 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 do a race it's just a little bit longer but um i think you know when you talk about wanting to help people come over it's like i just i think that by you being there as well like it's a real solid example like australia needs a guy like you that's a staple over there and mitch is doing a good job of that as well 
where it's like, yep, yeah, he's a guy yeah. in the class on a factory ride. You're a guy that's there, like the same same thing. You're not on a factory team right now, but it's the same shit. Um, and it's like, yeah, yeah. I think that that is super important too because there's nothing worse. Like, you know, you haven't really seen Jet and Hunter a kind of break in the mold a little bit now, but it's like there was a huge gap, yeah. man, between the burner metcalf and chad era it's like all the aussies would just like come go come go come go come go come go um until jet and hunter but they had to do it like a completely different way like you almost can't even kind of count them um and then it's sort of been the same with aussies going to europe except for i guess like you and mitch you know like you see so many boys that are there for like a season or two seasons um and they do okay and then and then they bounce so i think like you know to have those staple guys like you mitch has been there a while now as well um i think it's like that just that in itself i think like makes people look at it as uh, an option yeah 100 percent. and like it's always good when you have other guys uh here that are doing good from that country as well because it's only better for the younger kids that come but like say um hunter and jet and that they come here first and then got established and then went to america where i think it's like it's actually pretty hard to go from like australia straight to america or something like that um without proving yourself if you know what i mean like i feel like that'd be the hardest part for an australian to get a ride in america without being like oh yeah i've raced like gps and like everything like that if you go oh like i won some races in oz like i feel confident like we have good speed that's the problem but like sometimes people are a little bit skeptical on it because they're like oh fuck i haven't seen them like do good things elsewhere um and that's like a little bit what sucks for us at the moment is like they don't believe until someone comes and like is doing it then they're like oh okay then it changes the mindset a little bit but like i'm it's hunter and jet are super good for over there but like i'm keen to see also like another kid that goes from australia to there to get an opportunity as well because i don't know if like it's the same as here i don't know like how often it's going to happen whether Mm. a kid can go straight from australia and then just step on like a sick team there and be like super good um because like i feel like they always need to prove themselves no matter what and like in a way the reason that i also want to get like younger kids here and shit is because like the age limit in mx2 is like quite um quite low so it's like 23 at the moment and i feel like some people want to ride a 250 when they come here but then they hit the age limit and they're like oh fuck i have to go home Mm. um or just something like that you know something little fact that like they age out so they have to go home where they could have just stayed and got another opportunity uh because they got decent results and stuff like that so um that also makes it a little bit hard if you don't come early or earlier um and like the other day i think uh toddy sent mark a message which is our trainer and said like oh i've got this kid that i coach and stuff and he's thinking about coming over to do like a uh a one two five race and he's like oh well um would it be sweet if he come to the track with uh, you boys like one day and like met jed and shit and like i was like fuck why is toddy not message me you know like mm. it's kind of strange i was like oh fuck 
it'd be cool to have him at the track and like fuck do a couple of days riding because it's just like another aussie kid that like doesn't even know what it's like here but if i can explain and help him like two percent more than what he actually thought it was going to be like or something like that at least it's a benefit to him you know like that he can come and talk shit at the track i think he'd like he'd get more out of coming to the track and just talking shit and having a good time and stuff like that than sometimes like riding the track you know sometimes Mm. it's something like that that helps you out more while you're here than actually just coming to the same track as someone so i was like oh fuck like that's pretty sick but like i'd never um i'd never like toddy never reached out to me or he, or anything like that he reached out to mark and i was like fuck you should just message me because like we're there's he can come to any track like doesn't matter like that'd be sick so like um it's quite hard because they i th- feel like some people are always like um also a little bit scared to ask yeah if they, if they want to come or not like because fuck like in the end of the day there's no way that you're going to say like no you can't come to the same track because like yeah i yeah, want pretty to much any aussie yeah like, mate, any aussie yeah, could hit exactly. you exactly you're gonna be like answer. oh fuck yeah and you're like oh fuck yeah like you can come no stress if you're here like you've put in so much effort to come over here and like get a bike and ride and do shit like fuck why not like come to the track every day that we go to the track like it'd be sick but like i feel like some people are just scared to be like oh i'm coming over is it okay like and in the end of the day they don't even have to ask if it's okay you know it's fucking you can come any track whatever just send me a message and we fucking meet up at the same track like it's all the tracks are public and shit so it doesn't 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 matter the more people there the better like especially in aussie it'd be fucking cool so yeah like i hope he comes over i don't i don't remember his name like toddy said his name and stuff but i think he's a queensland kid that toddy helps so it'd be cool to see him over and see um see how he stacks up be good well it's officially that's his invite um all right mate we've almost done our three hours i think we've done more um what do you look what tracks are you looking forward to what do you got coming up that's um that you're excited about when's the when's the old rock and bowl they're gonna be good Uh, and then uh when are you yeah i don't know it's um i think like this weekend coming up is uh latvia and then i think we have like a week and off but it's a dutch masters that weekend uh so we come back to holland race again and uh after that i'm pretty sure we have like majora so like some pretty sick tracks coming up i mean it's i don't remember like all of them in a row because there's so many different ones that are coming but like i'm hoping to feel like somewhat 100 percent this weekend and start getting some good results back again and like just fucking enjoying it you know like um these tracks that we race are all pretty cool so um yeah i'm looking forward to just going out and racing like every weekend like like i said before trying to improve on every race and getting back to where i think i should be and just like um putting 100 percent into every race no matter where it is just fuck doing my best every time i'm out there to um to go home content and and be happy to slog it out for the next week and go again you know so um i'm looking forward to all the races coming up really and and um yeah just seeing what we can do it's fucking uh pretty pretty cool to be able to just go to every race and stuff like that so um i'm uh i mean you also have the favorite tracks here and there but like i think majora is a sick track 
Um, is that it's Spain? Also like up and downhill heaps. I like that. Nah, it's in Italy, like oh, on the yeah, side of yeah. the hill there, where they had nations in. Like uh, when was that? It's like sixteen, I think they had nations there. Yeah, yeah. Was um, yeah, that's a sick track, and like there's plenty of cool tracks. I like Spain. Uh, all the way, all the French tracks are pretty cool. So um, no, there's a lot of good tracks coming up, and then I think pretty much we're gonna go to Indonesia this year. I've been here, and so um. Yeah, that should be cool. I'm pretty oh, when, sure when there should that? be a couple of Aussies there if we see. I don't know the exact dates. It's like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's not too far away though. I think it's like, um, I think we have like four or five more races and then we head there. Shit, so, I might be able um, to go to that. Yeah, it's like a, a weekend to weekend one. So like, be pretty cool. Hopefully, sometimes... Uh, like last time I went there, there was a couple of Aussies always there watching. So it'd be pretty yep. cool to see a couple of Aussies go across there. Yeah, sick. Well, yeah, I'll try and uh, I'm definitely going to try and get to one this year. Um, yeah, I was going to go after the Barcelona for the F1. But yeah, I'll see. Uh, yep. Maybe I'll just stay and go to the go to the GP there in uh, in Spain. I think that's on like the 29th or something like that. I hope I come and have a ride with you. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be yeah. pretty sick. Go struggle yeah, my way around. Sick. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I probably yeah, could, I might be able to come to that Indo one too, or um I I half yeah. I really want to go to the downhill world champs this year in France in Leger in August. Yeah, that'd be fucking sick. Yeah. Dude, you know what? Actually I was gonna mention it before. I'll send you um I'll send you the link. You need to watch like with just the I guess like the season that you're having and like the headspace that you're in, you need to fucking watch. Uh, Reese Wilson did a documentary on last season. Do you follow downhill stuff at all? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I follow Reese. I like I talked to him a little bit on Instagram. He's a fucking good dude, actually. Dude, he's a G. So he did. Have yeah, you watched yeah. that doco that he put out? I haven't watched it yet. No, bro, do yourself a favor tonight. Watch that shit because like. Man, he was oh, he he won the world champs, and then everyone was just saying like, "Ah, oh, well, you can only fucking ride in the wet. Like that's all you got." And then he got to the first World Cup. I can't remember the exact order how shit went down, but like, I think he did like good, and then he got hurt, and then it was the same deal. Like he just he couldn't like his body was not good enough to um to get the results but he knew he could do it and it just like followed him race after yeah. race after race after race of just like be, pretty much being where you are dude you know like just being in that yeah. in that headspace of like it's like a fucking dark cloud over you but you know that it's gonna get sunny at yeah. some point but even though you know it's gonna <laughs> yeah, get sunny yeah, yeah. it still is fucking dark yeah. and uh yeah, and then yeah. you still you, there yeah and like you see him break through it and yeah i mean dude just for your position that you're in right now like dealing with the the shoulder stuff yeah. man watch that and you'll be fired up it was honestly i can't remember if i yeah. i think i messaged him about it he, i wanted to message him about it but um yeah i was so like i haven't enjoyed watching something like action sports doco related that much in so fucking long dude like the guy is just an animal yeah, that's fucking sick yeah fuck i'm definitely gonna go watch that one tonight for sure 
Yeah, 100%. Well, mate, I really appreciate yeah. you doing the potty. I know we've been trying to do it for a bit. Thanks so yeah. much uh, for making it happen yeah. and making the drive to get here. And, um, yeah, I'm definitely going to come try and watch your race this year for sure. Yeah, no, thanks heaps for having me on. It's uh, It's been worth it for sure. It's been a good chat and hopefully, uh, yeah, people get a bit more of an understanding of what, uh, what it's like, I guess. Well, and honestly, man, like fucking credit to you as well because like, yeah, it's not like you're – you, you know there's the riding the waves like there's the highs and the lows and it's like i think honestly i think it's cool to to just do something like this and be super open and honest about like the low side of it as well you know like it's fucking not always yeah, yeah. beer beer and skittles and there is a lot that um no. you know that that you go through and i think that yeah to to have this kind of perspective and for you to be so like open about actually how shit is so many people don't do that and i think it's fucking lame and you know so for you to Mm. be open and honest and talk the way that you have like i think it's sick and i think it gives a it gives the average outsider so much more um perspective but then also like people that are in your position um you know i think that it sort of makes it I guess like makes it okay in a way to like actually just be honest when so many people in this game they're just not honest about shit you know like they're so guarded yeah yeah like I mean I don't see the point of not being honest you know what I mean it's like like you said before if you're not honest you're just digging yourself into a deeper hole um like so I'd rather talk about it get it off my chest I know for sure I'm not fucking the only one or an only athlete that's kind of been there or like anything like that or in that position um i've obviously been in these positions before and got out of it and it's like i know what i need to do and shit like that and i just need to be calm and keep sticking to it but the there's no reason why you can't or shouldn't talk about it because a lot of people have had this this time through their career or or even racing and probably haven't talked about it and also feel shit about not talking about it so Mm. i mean there's a yeah yeah there's a uh, no reason to hold it back it's fucking it is what it is and we live on we fucking go racing again next weekend try again and the weekend after try again so it's fucking it is what it is and we're just going to keep pushing until yeah till we're back well mate i'm your biggest fan always will be fucking keen i'm keen to see you race and um and uh yeah keen keen to have you get over it then yeah i know keen to have you back back in fight and spirit mate and Get it, get it up, yeah. I oh, know. Yeah, we're fucking ready to go. All right, brother. I'll um, I'll talk to you soon and um, stay stay well over there and uh, give give Rick a big pat on the back for me, the great man. Hopefully, I'll see him in Spain. Will do. Is he going to Spain? Uh, can you hear me? He's been sitting here. Are you going to Spain? Yeah. No, for the he hasn't planned st- anything. But if you're going, thing. if you're going, he'll go. Sounds good. Oh, are you going to Spain for the Stark thing? Oh, I should I'll still message him. Ah, uh, he's still he's still planning it. Still planning it. All right, he's done well sitting there for the last three hours too. So, make well, you're his favourite rider. You're his favourite rider, actually. He reckons. He says yeah. it goes. It goes you. I don't and know then if I believe that. It goes you and then Jeffrey he reckons. <laughs> oh fucking hell! <laughs> don't know about that. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he can't hear you, so he's fucking peeking. But I don't reckon. I don't reckon you're talking uh, shit there. That's so funny. All right, get out of here. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> All right, see you, mate. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, thanks so much, Jed. Actually, we kind of stayed talking about some technique stuff as well, kind of like after we officially finished the podcast. So. I thought for all you uh, moto technique nerds, if you uh, want to eavesdrop on a little combo, um, I've been working pretty hard on my riding at the moment, uh, just with Manji and Fink coming up. Just want to be super prepared. Like I just really hate feeling shit on a dirt bike. So, um, and I like the feeling of going to the track and working on riding. So um, I just leave this one in for anyone that uh, wants to wants to work on their own shit. You know. Uh, that's sick hey actually i want to ask you one thing before you go to well i got you um when you're riding this is just full random technique question when you're you know like everyone's saying like wait like you got to be on your toes blah 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 when you're the like on your toes is your heel like dropping down and the weights like on your heels or are you like actually pushing it's almost like you're pushing the bike away with your toes i don't know if that makes sense yeah no like i know what you mean it's like uh it depends like uh what way you're trying to really do it because like say if you got uh you're standing on the balls of your feet and say you're going into a turn your ankle you want to push it down to keep your weight at the back because when you hit the brakes it obviously wants your body to go forwards so if you can use your legs so like with the back put your heel down you use the back side of the foot peg to like push your weight against it but you can only do it with like one foot so it's got to be like quite uh yeah it's quite hard because you're also breaking with the other foot um and then say when you go the exit of the turn you want it to be pushing against the front side of the peg if you know what i mean yeah it's like putting weight on the outside peg still but you're pushing the weight back to get traction on the back wheel it's like yeah that's a hard one to answer because it depends where you're riding yeah. on the track it like changes a little bit for me anyway um but yeah i mean it's uh, it's crazy because you can use like your legs and stuff for so much strength on the bike and yeah. like save save like your arms a little bit so like i ride a lot with my legs um and try and grip the bike as much as possible but like it varies between riders and stuff like that and the techniques there's no i feel like there's no one technique you need to do um it's just however you feel comfortable to ride and like um if you look at the the guys like geisa prado uh renault uh jeffrey all four guys have completely different style yeah um so there's no one way that you should or can do it but like it's just whatever you like to do whatever fucking feels good for you i feel like is um what's best because like what sometimes what gives you arm pump might not give me arm pump but it's like you got to manage it yourself a little bit of what feels good and what helps you get less arm pump shit like that i guess yeah and when you're so what about like when you're like you're out of the turn and then you're just standing up and it's just like rough straight and you're trying to basically just like hold it wide um what what's the feeling through like your feet there because so 
when I was talking to Sexton, because like I'm trying to, I'm trying to train for like Fink and Manji, and like Fink's just full sand whoops, dude. Yeah. Like the whole time, like I'm just gonna be standing up. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to just get like my attack position yeah. like fully dialed in to where it's like it's I'm yeah. gonna be sweet yeah, to yeah. last that that race. But so when I was talking to Sexton, yeah. he was saying that like he basically has he he has so much force that he feels through his feet on the foot pegs and i was like when i'm riding i just feel like i'm standing on them there's no like i I don't know how to like make more force go through my feet if that makes sense but then i was riding i was riding thursday and i feel like i kind of half sort of figured something out where it was almost like i'm standing on, on the balls of my feet but it was almost like i was pushing my feet into the pegs more if that makes sense but like yeah, i was yeah. pushing my yeah, yeah. my weight way backwards and then my head would be like kind of over the bars but it was like a weird feeling like i'm flexing yeah. my feet the whole time and then that's what made it feel yeah. like i was actually gripping the bike more yeah 100 percent. that's what can help for sure is like if you're standing there and you're pushing like especially when you're on the gas you push your weight like you lean forward with your toes kind of thing because that's pushing weight on the pegs and you want your toes to be like kind of facing down towards the ground not flat on the pegs yeah because if they're flat on the pegs that's like you you got weight to like slide um to the back and if you've got like uh your weight on the front of the pegs it's obviously pushing the weight like at a down force to the back wheel i guess and then your head can be over the bars and still not using your arms much to hang on you know what i mean especially if you're gripping your knees and uh pushing on the on the front side of the peg but it's like like i said before it's different depends on what you want to do obviously riding like full tap through the whoops you're not going to hit the back brake that much yeah unless you want to fully stop you know what i mean so it's like you can stand in a bit of a different position just like on your toes and like at a pace like that you just want to use your legs as like another bit of suspension kind of thing instead of being like standing on your heels or like on the on the main part of your foot because it's like then it's going straight through your ankle where like if you stand on your toes it's like another movement that your ankle is doing to help the bike stay kind of more stable but it's also different like when you're going into a turn you want to have the support of like your feet there kind of thing to hold you from going forwards on the bike and the same when you hit the gas you want it to be the other way around so it yeah. doesn't throw you off the back of the bike so it's like a complete different uh switch up to whether you're on the gas or off the gas yeah 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 because it's just been something that i've just been like it's such a simple position real like when you you know like when you look at it just like that standing kind of position where you're sort of like powering forwards but like fuck man it's just yeah. to get the all the feelings right and actually get it to where like you're in yeah. the pocket and you're doing it but i noticed the other day like i actually yeah. sent you the video but i just got rones to like film and um i was it was like yeah. a kind of rough rough fucking rough but it was like choppy straight yeah. and i'm like on the balls of my feet like kind of pushing uh like off with my toes essentially and you can like sort of see like your feet are moving 
like that and your head's not moving yeah. so it actually it kind of i feel like it sort of made sense a little bit but i just don't really have anyone to fucking ask yeah. about it you know and like i was talking to aj catanzaro <laughs> yeah. and he was um he was like yeah. saying to me when you do it right you shouldn't feel like you're holding on with your arms and i was like bro i can't relate yeah. like i can't relate to that feeling like i'd, I'd love to get to the point yeah, where yeah. i feel like that but i'm obviously doing something wrong yeah, but you'd also be surprised on how many people like don't grip that hard with their knees or legs and shit too. Is like, um, the worst thing is, is like, say when someone tries to teach another person how to do it, they do it flat out. Like when they're still trying to go as fast as they can. Yeah. Well, you need to learn it where you're going super slow because it always sticks. You got time to think about it when you're going slow. If you go try and do it while you're doing fucking lap times you generally think about the lap time not what you're doing with your riding so you yeah. need to do it like say someone that's trying to learn it you need to do it in like a section where they fucking struggle with it or slow basic fucking start straight shit to uh really get it sunk into your like what do you call it muscle memory kind of thing because then you're yeah. always thinking about it and you have time to think about it but when you're going into a corner at 30 40 you're not really having time to think about where your feet are on the pegs or what gear you're in or are you hitting the brakes? You think about, am I hitting the brakes at the right spot? And am I, and I just need to sit down and give gas. Yeah. So it's like a completely different way of learning it. You can't really teach someone something on yeah. full pace. You need to just bring it back to the basic things. And I mean, that's where like Ross with his job is super good is because he can bring it back to the basic side of things and like, he for sure taught me uh like heaps about riding and like what i should do with position and stuff like that because in the end of the day like not many people try to train techniques so much they're like ah oh, they just need you they want you to go fast and be in the right spot on the track and stuff like that but like i was saying before there's no perfect way for technique everyone has a different technique and a way to ride so i mean it's just what suits people and the way you can learn it the best is mm. generally to slow everything down think about it 20 times more and then take it to the track yeah uh, and so when you're and then with your like when you're in turns in general so last last uh, <laughs> when you're in in turns like I feel like what I'm do you, the coaching clinic yeah yeah bro <laughs> when what are you thinking about with like your <laughs> uh like your chest like when you're in a turn like your chest and your head do you have any like thing that you're thinking about to like get that in the right position no i don't think about like anything like that i more try to use my legs and like lean forward with my hips because i know that if my hips are forward then my head's forward enough to like hit the throttle without like going backwards you know because yeah. i feel like when you're when your hips are like when you sit forward on the bike your hips are to the back and you're pushing off your legs it's hard for the bike to make you want to go back where if you're sitting like straight up and down and you back straight you hit the gas you got nowhere to go but back yeah if you know what i mean yeah so you got a little bit just be prepared with your body that you're going to hit the throttle that hard so you need to be like a, like quite far forward and you need to be like strong in the core and have the the hips facing out so you can like fucking hit the throttle as hard as you can otherwise like yeah for sure you're going to get arm pump and stuff because you got no nothing to hold yourself there you're going all off your arms 
Yeah. If you hit the throttle that hard and it pulls your weight backwards, then you've got only your arms to hold on to. Your legs don't even matter anymore because your weight's too far back to be able to control with your legs. So when you're you sitting, I mean. so when you're sitting down, like let's say you're in like a a a rut, like you're going left or whatever. So you're trying to get your hips yep. f- as far forward as you can on the seat, and then you're putting your toes. No. no. All right. So no. tell me. I I try to send. I try. I try to sit like. Uh, like over the pegs more than anything. Like everyone always says, sit down near the tank when you sit into a turn to put weight on the front wheel but you if you sit there you're almost too far forward to be able to like move your body kind of thing yeah if you sit like over central on the bike you have room to move backwards and forwards with your whole body like you're not sitting on the tank and then like you lean down a little bit you're already hitting the bars yeah you have like way more space on the bike kind of thing so i always try to sit my I like it's weird to explain but I get way more feeling with the bike if I'm sitting my ass over the foot pegs than what I do if I'm sitting in front of the foot pegs because I feel like that's like the central part of the bike is like when you're sitting over the top of the foot pegs and it's like uh yeah you also feel that how much traction you have on the tire when you're going to lose traction or when you have lost traction you feel it most there than if you're sitting too far forward you probably already lost traction before you feel it Mm. so you can't you don't have the time to pull the clutch and like adjust it or anything so um i sit like over the top of the foot pegs and then just like when you generally like lean forward with your shoulders your hips bend anyway if you know what i mean yeah it's not like you have to really focus on your hips being poked out but you when you sit central on the bike and lean your chest forward you're your hips are unlocked anyway and facing to the back to help you like stay there yeah so i mean that's just the way i i've been taught by ross and like the easiest way to not like hang on solely with your arms and use your legs as much as possible because like if you go um say around a hard pack flat turn and on the exit if you still have one foot dangling like you've got it out to corner you generally have way less traction than what you do if you put it back on the peg straight out of the turn and put both feet pressure on the pegs because it puts traction on the rear wheel. When you have one foot off, it's way less traction. Yeah, that makes sense. So yeah, then so you're, you know I mean. you're yeah, yeah. So, and then your toes are like kind of pointed down and then that means that the weight then yeah. is just like pointing down to the it's rear wheel kind of. forced backwards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's kind of how i see it fucking unreal <laughs> but everyone 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 also has different opinions so you never know it's just whatever yeah. works for whatever yeah feels good no nah, i'm just trying to get better mate you know oh that's it never know if you don't ask it's fucking not easy it's not easy this shit you guys get paid to do no. eh? <laughs> oh it seems easy doesn't it yeah it you can't easy. make it look easy yeah but it's also it depends what you do it's i think it's more what are they it's like uh practice makes perfect no whatever you're decent at or whatever you enjoy doing you spend way more time and energy to perfect i think it's uh just a it all comes down to that i guess like it doesn't matter what sport you do if you 
put hours and hours and hours into it and you blood, sweat and tears into that one thing, you're always, you more chance of being really good at it than really bad. 